Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL toll-free call-in line. You can call us up, talk about whatever you want to talk about, 855-450-FREE. It's Mark with you. And Jason. Did I push the wrong button? Push. The, go, try it again. Hey, it's Jason. There you go, Jason. Sorry about that. I'm used to pushing the other the other button. You're in the third seat, not the second seat. Not that anyone really cares about that particular piece of in, info, but it is important for me to know. Now, um, before the the, sh- the show tonight, I have several pieces of show prep here, as I normally do. That's that's my job. But Jason, you told me something that uh, b- blows all that stuff out of the water, and I want to know immediately what the answer is to this. Yeah. There's not even a news story. This news is so fresh. This is news. It's not us commentating on it necessarily. So we're we're big advocates for people to uh, carry cameras and, and use them to hold uh, government and law enforcement accountable, and so. Uh, Right, uh, Judge Napolitano called, uh, or, or somebody did, um, and I think he's getting credit for it, uh, the camera, the new gun. And I'm not, not that I'm fond of people pointing guns at people, but I do think that uh, there is something uh, very prescient about the sa- statement, which is that it, uh, the, the cameras, well, frankly, uh, they're, they're the only tool you can use. You can't use guns to hold the government accountable or even to overthrow the government. You're not going to be successful at that. You can, however, use cameras to do those things. Right, and cameras, of course, are, are totally peaceful, and, and that's what uh, myself and um, my allies are all about is a peaceful evolution. So cameras are just a great tool. So let's get to the news. Um, and I got this news from uh, a free state attorney, Seth Hipple, through Facebook. Um, and I've been looking for news stories. I haven't found one yet, but here's what we got. Uh, First Circuit Court of Appeals, which no. covers... Yeah, well, where's that? Yeah, that covers uh, New England uh, area, so specifically New Hampshire, although this court case that they're ruling on happened in Boston. Now, they, uh, when a circuit court uh, rules on something, it's the next step down from the Supreme Court. So this is – it may not be precedent for every one of the other circuits, but it's close to precedent for every one of the other circuits. Right, but like I said, it does cover New England, and that includes New Hampshire, and we're talking about federal courts now. Um, they issued a sweeping ruling that the right to videotape police is clearly established, and then Seth. But if uh, that's what they said, then that means that it's a right. It's mm-hmm. um, and therefore states mm-hmm. can't pass laws over it. Exactly. They might be able to regulate it in the same way that one the states can regulate one's rights to own guns, and they've been doing so for a century now. But um, they can't. It's a right to be able to film police. Right. And so uh, Seth Hipple has represented uh, several people who have um, been charged with uh, what they call uh, illegal wiretapping. Right. Just- they call people using cameras to record officials right in front of them illegal wiretapping. Right. So uh, Seth says um, the word the language clearly established means that essentially you get money if the police violate this rule, which is great because the president of the Free State Project, uh, Carla, uh, has uh, charges. Jerk. charges. Jerk. Yeah, that's it. Has char- charges pending um, for recording uh, law enforcement in Weir, and so this helps her case. Uh, there was a big victory yesterday, with um, unrelated to this ruling, but um, with Dave Ridley, probably the most um, popular videographer in uh, the Shire, who uh, had his charges acquitted uh, by a judge. Um, and the law enforcement um, just couldn't make the case. And this is related to him trying to film. An but the law enforcement, where- by the way, kept his camera even after the win. Isn't that right? And I mean, it's still a still a fight to get the camera back, if I recall correctly. I'm not so sure about that. Okay. Um, but you think it, that, it, that what I'm saying is not true, or you're just not certain? I'm not what I'm certain saying? about okay. the facts, but that sounds right. Okay. Um, and so, anyway, this ruling makes it much easier to uh, keep law enforcement accountable, and makes me pretty happy. 
I, I I think if I had the, uh, the the if I knew how to pull up the the applause sound effects, I certainly would do it here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ian always uh, manages to do that. But this is this is uh, big news, and people listening should be jumping up and down, um, you know, excited that the government actually stood up for people's rights. It's uh, such a rare occasion. I, I'm 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 excited, and it, it you know it's one of these these situations where the courts do the right thing just often enough that you you know you, you have some kind of faith in them. So. Um, I'm I'm very pleased. Do you want me to uh, read this? Yeah, uh, okay. do your best. Uh, you know, I know it's legalese, but uh, do your best. Okay, so this is from um, the Center for Constitutional Rights, and they filed an amicus brief in the case of Glick versus Kunif, uh, and uh, that's the case that was ruled on today. Uh, CCR has submitted an amicus brief in Glick versus Kunif before the First Circuit Court of Appeals on behalf of Berkeley Cop Watch. Communities United Against Police Brutality, Justice Committee, Milwaukee Police Accountability Coalition, um, and other groups. Uh, The brief argues that concerned individuals and cop watch groups have the right to record public police activity and that uh, right is clearly protected under the First Amendment. And, of course, the uh, the district court did rule in their favor. Um, It goes on to describe the case uh, that was brought before the court. So on October 1st, 2007, Simon uh, Glick held out a cell phone and made an audiovisual recording of three Boston police officers, John Cuniff, uh, Peter Savalas, and Jer- Jerome Hall Brewster, making an arrest on Boston Common. Though plaintiff held the cell phone in plain view and did not interfere with the arrest, the officer arrested Glick for violating the Massachusetts wiretap statute as well as aiding the escape of a prisoner and disturbing the peace. The Commonwealth voluntarily dismissed the aiding of the escape charge, and the Boston Municipal Court dismissed the uh, remaining two charges by written decision. So you you can tell that cops just do not like to be recorded. They do. That, that, that seems to be the case. And I can understand, like, if you try to imagine if they weren't using the wearing the uniform, right, then if you were just to go up and, you know, the average person that you see on the street, imagine going after them with a camera. Well, they would find that to be very threatening, right? But, I mean, you know, they'd be like, well, what are you doing? Get away from me. Maybe, but think about what these people were doing. They were... Um, oh, I, I, I'm not saying that. I'm not yeah. saying that. They're just not... They're not used to this. This is a new phenomenon. Well, they, I, th- I think that everybody has the right, and, and the, uh, frankly, the obligation... I don't know if it's an obligation. They, they should do what's right, and they, um, it is right to film these people when they're doing bad things. Or good things. I mean, it holds everybody accountable. Just it not, does. Not just law enforcement, but maybe the suspect, um, the videographer, it keeps them accountable. Um, all it does is it records what's going on. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, it's right. I mean, that's it. It's just something that's be, recording what's going on. I can understand why the suspect may not. It may not be fair for a person who hasn't been convicted yet to have their face up and things like that. But you know, there is technology to blur out their faces. And if there was a crime, that crime would be in distributing, not recording. And um, you know, that would be you know that would be that on on that case. But as far as the cops go, they're just not used to it, and they have. Power, so they say. Well, we'll I'm going to use this power to stop right. this affront, and they do so. Because imagine if you're, you know, some cop in some town you've never been recorded before, or every time somebody does recordings, you they, you know, some cop in your your, your group, your department, just arrests them. Well, of course you're going to do that, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, because the the, rec- the recording thing, it's it's a. It is offensive in some ways to people, but that doesn't make it wrong. It's what's wrong is is that people that the cops have been able to do what they do under the cover of darkness, and by that I mean 
you know, out of the out of the eye of the public for so long. I mean, we the public pay these people's paychecks, and the idea that a public servant doing working for public money on the public time on public property shouldn't be video recorded it's absolute asininity mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's you know clear and uh, uh, you know clear craziness but that's what they believe and even here in Keene, now obviously in, in Keene, it's pretty much you can record a cop doing anything at this point um, but when i got here in 2006 i was walking down the street one day and video was video recording um some cops and they you know they came after me i believe um you know it's, it's, it's very early on in the whole cop watching here in Keene, and they didn't like that crap at all so that was after that at some point they got the memo and they decided not to do that so it's a real victory that we've had in this area but some places it's not like that a lot of places most places it's not like that and even with this ruling I would suspect even within the purview of the first district, if you were to go out, um, the first circuit, excuse me, go out and uh, do this recording tonight, you're still going to get some trouble from these people. Mm -hmm. But if you do, hey, you just won the lottery. You get some money out of them. Yep, yep. Just keep on recording. Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. Government control is on the wane, and freedom can be bought for a reasonable price. One man will unite with a former public transportation worker, a shady senator's runaway daughter, two orphans, a retired space marine, an alien, and an intelligent spider, and journey together beyond the outer reaches of human civilization to protect the future of human liberty. Also, there are space cows. Read it online now at burningrockranch.com. Free Talk Live, 855-453. That's the SACL toll-free call-in line, 855-453. Go to freetalklive.com. There we have archives for you, archives going back for five years. You can get uh, download any one of the programs or all of them for the last five years for free. No other radio show does that for you, or at least I don't think too many of them do. I, somebody tell me if there's another radio show out there that gives you free archives going back for five years, or even one year. I'd love to, to know. Um, nationally syndicated radio program. Seems unlikely, but there could happen. You know, during these busy days, it sure is difficult to eat right all the time. But since I started taking New Zealand's Nature Bee, I have felt better, had better digestion, slept better, and this wonderful plant pollen can be yours. Here's Mike Buck to tell you about why it's so great. You know what? I'll tell you, Mark. Nature Bee is dynamite nutritionally for the body. Unlike all other bee pollen, our patented process actually cracks open those tough cellulose walls, produces the full nutritional power of nature bee plant pollen. You know, bee pollen is the original ancient superfood. Scientific research gives you great advice about how nature bee is better for energy, immunity, healthy heart, better sleep at night, tons of energy. And you know, nature bee is not ordinary pollen. The potentiated process unlocks the incredible natural power. Unlike other expensive counterparts, nature is truly bioavailable, highly effective, and affordable. No preservatives, no chemicals, and no risk. Nature Bee comes to your door from our door in New Zealand with a 100 complete percent money-back guarantee if you don't feel a real difference. 
Now, um, you know, nature bee certainly isn't just your average bee pollen. You can get bee pollen anywhere. You can only get potentiated pollen from nature bee. How do people go about ordering nature bee? Yeah, it's easy. And a huge six-month supply is ninety nine ninety five plus delivery. We toss in three months for free and, of course, that risk-free guarantee. Don't forget about that. Call toll-free and order right now all the way from Auckland, New Zealand, 1-866-834-8355. That's 1-866-834-8355. Or get online. We all do these days at Nature Bee's website, NatureBee, that's NatureBee.com. All right. Come on, everyone. Call 866-834-8355. Again, it's 866-834-8355 or go to naturebee.com. We're talking about this. I, you know, I'm not gonna. I don't know if I should call it landmark decision or not, but I'm very excited about it. This the, this decision where the uh, first circuit court apparently is making it, uh, claiming that it's a right to be able to, to film uh, police officers. That seemed that way to me. But uh, I'm also very excited to have uh, Seth Hippel. Uh, he is an attorney here in uh, the state of New Hampshire who has uh, got a case that this is very relevant to, and and so has a, has a legal opinion, I guess, on this. Uh, Seth, are you there? I'm here, Mark. How are you? I, I am well, and you? Very well. Okay, good. I am so glad you've called in on this because um, you know it makes me feel better that what the things we're saying are are absolutely true. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> give us your take on this. Well, it's a great decision. You're right about that. It's not the first time that the First Circuit has ruled this way. Um, here, a little bit of background. The way the way it works is um, when someone sues a federal or a, a government official. Uh, for violation of constitutional rights, it's done under federal law 42 U.S.C. Uh, Section 1983. It's commonly just called Section 1983. And one of the defenses, <clears throat> it's actually very easy to defend against these lawsuits, and one of the defenses is called qualified immunity. And that just yeah. means that the government will say, yeah, maybe what we did was illegal, but we didn't know it was illegal at the time we did it, and so we can't be held liable for it. Right, and that only and, works for the government. Qualified immunity is only that way for uh, people that work for the government. Is that correct? Right. It's a special defense uh, made up for Section 1983 cases. Okay. And so in this case, what happened was there was a, there was a man who recorded police in, on the Boston Common in Boston, um, he was about 10 feet away from him, according to the opinion, and he had a cell phone. He was recording a, an arrest. And the police officer, after he was done arresting this gentleman, or whoever he was arresting, turns to the person with the camera, the cell phone, and says, I think you've taken enough pictures. Basically, get out of here. And the guy says, no, I have a right to record this. So he was arrested, charged with wiretapping under uh, Massachusetts' wiretapping laws. And, and this is what, a few other things. before you go on, this is what uh, cops do across the nation, is they'll, there is no, there. There aren't in too many states laws that say it is illegal for a citizen to record a duly uh, designated law enforcement officer in the in the uh, carrying out of his duty because this would somehow be bad for him. You know, there is no law that says that, but they take this uh, wiretapping law that was intended to be used on telephones and they'll misconstrue it as if it has something to do with somebody standing in front of a cop taking video. Um, and right. they'll, it seems know. that a lot of police officers have a problem with being on the record. And so, yeah, you're right. This happens a lot uh, all over the country. And in this case, and I've, I've seen people charged with all kinds of crimes for recording police officers from disorderly conduct. This guy was not only charged with wiretapping, he was charged with disturbing the peace and aiding the, the escape of a prisoner. So... 
Um, you know, they'll, they'll come up with all kinds of crazy things to charge people with. So the guy, the, the, the cop is claiming, I guess, that uh, since he was being recorded, he didn't want to uh, spend as much time with the person, so the person was able to escape his his the long arm of the law. I don't know, but it, what what was established, the charges were dismissed from court as baseless, and what followed was that the man filed a lawsuit for violation of his constitutional rights. He said, first of all, my First Amendment right to record my public officials was denied, and second of all, my Fourth Amendment right to be free from unlawful seizures was denied because you arrested me on baseless charges. Seems clear to me. Yep, and what the the, uh, police department said was, well, Maybe we did violate your rights, but we didn't know that we violated your rights because it wasn't clearly established that this is a First Amendment right. Right. So, and, well, an interesting question also uh, is, are First Amendment rights only guaranteed to citizens of the United States? In which case, could an illegal immigrant film without prosecution? You know, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm it's a ridiculous certain. proposal. Michelle but, walked into the, the studio here. Just want to introduce, make sure everybody knows it's her. Hi, Michelle. Hi. So, I mean, I know that sounds like a ridiculous proposal, but I think that idea of granting citizens' rights to speak is also ridiculous. <laughs> sure. Well, of course, the First Amendment doesn't grant uh, the right to free speech. It simply protects it. Um, but uh, in this case, the, the court went back to a ruling <clears throat> that I've actually... I mean, you mentioned some of the cases that, <clears throat> excuse me, that I've handled relating to uh, similar arrests in New Hampshire. And uh, I've cited... A case from the First Circuit, which covers New Hampshire and Massachusetts and other New England states, um, that said, I believe it was around the late 90s, that said that this is a First Amendment right. And the court went back and said, no, this has been established. We said this was a First Amendment right. You should have known better. Mm-hmm. Oh. And therefore, this is going to go... I mean, it's a very strongly worded opinion, which um, it, it basically... <clears throat> I mean, there's a, there's a few paragraphs where the court <clears throat> does the legal equivalent of saying, well, duh. Because it actually goes back and says, it's, it notes that there are various opinions that say that recording the police is covered by the First Amendment, and it notes all of them are very short. And it says this terseness implies that this is so obvious that it doesn't even need a legal analysis. So I have a website here, uh, MassLawyersWeekly.com is covering this, and I have a quote, if I could read it, by the uh, first U.S. Sure. Circuit Court. And um, they say, and this is, uh, it's a three-member uh, panel, and it was uh, un- unanimous. Uh, we conclude, based on the facts alleged, that Glick was exercising clearly established First Amendment rights and filming the officers in a public space, and that his clearly established Fourth Amendment rights were violated by his arrest without probable cause. Seth, could you hold the, the line here? Um, I want to get back to you. Totally. 855-450-3733. If you've got any comments on this or anything else, it's Free Talk Live. Are you a cigarette smoker? I was too for many years. You know that crap's going to kill you, right? There's a healthier option. 22,000 times healthier. Vaporsmiths.com. A pack a day smoker will save $120 a month and it tastes better. No more ashtray mouth. No smell. No secondhand smoke. You could use it just about anywhere. Free shipping on orders over $60 and a free starter kit with the purchase of 40 cartomizers with coupon code FTL. Call 855 to get vapor or go to Vaporsmiths.com. Free 
Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL toll-free call-in line, 855-450-3733. You know the U.S. dollar is devaluing. You can see it happening every day. You know that a new currency will, at some point, take over. Wouldn't you like to be on the ground floor of that currency? Bitcoins, they're a decentralized, anonymous internet currency. They're free to use, free to accept, and free from inflation forever. You can use them anywhere in the world. Find out more at weusecoins.org. Don't be kicking yourself in the pants in a month. Your dollars are going down. To take a look and learn more about bitcoins at weusecoins.org. Let's go back to Seth Hipple on the line here. The, uh, the Free Talk Live studio hotline. Seth? Still here. So, um, Jason, you were uh, did you did you say you had a question for Seth uh, before we came went to the break? Uh, well, um, I'll let Seth finish what he was talking about, but uh, I'd, I'd like to uh, for him to give the listeners like an overview about what court cases he's been working on and some of the wiretapping charges that have been going on in New Hampshire. Sure. Before I get to that, actually, I, I think there's something that the, the three of you will find very interesting, and that um, is there's a portion of the opinion that actually specifically it, it, the court pauses to note that the person uh, who's suing in this case was not a reporter. And I'm actually going to read directly from the opinion because I think it's so good, and it has a lot of relevance to a lot of the things that you talk about on this show. It says, uh, it's of no significance that the present case uh, involves a private individual and not a reporter. The First Amendment right to gather news is, as the Court has often noted, not only one that ignores solely to the benefit of the news media. Rather, the public's right of access to information is coextensive with that of the press. Mm. And it goes on to say that because um, because of the changes in technology, a blog, it, it says uh, news stories are just as likely to be broken by a blogger at her computer as a reporter at a major newspaper. And that's, that, that, is, so, that is a nod to reality. I mean, that's absolutely the way things yep. are going these days. Um, I wonder if it – does this have any kind of effect on uh, the courthouse? For instance, here, here in Keene, um, essentially cameras have been outlawed in the entire building. You can stand outside and film outside, but you can't go inside with a camera. Unless you beg for permission and they give one person – um, permission, but and, they take cell phones and yep. um, all kinds of things, and you it's can't against the zoom law. Zoom and things like that, though, right? In this last case, when I tried to film uh, the state versus Ian Freeman, Judge Arnold said I couldn't even touch the camera; I could set it up, uh, but uh, no zooming, no panning, like you were saying, Michelle. Mm. And um, this is contrary to the law, which says that uh, you can uh, record things, uh, copy things, and photograph things at the uh, the clerk of court's office, and you can't even bring a camera in there to do that. So they're just breaking the law. Seth, yeah, the I mean, the court does note time, place, and manner restrictions on on on, on the First Amendment, as, it, as the courts usually do. Yes, and it's pretty well established that a a judge can control his courtroom. He has a lot of control over what happens in his sure. courtroom. Now, you're talking about what happens inside the building right. itself. And to me, a that courthouse me is a different like a more, than a courtroom. Absolutely, it is absolutely different than a courtroom. The, the courthouse that that is more of a gray area, and I. I could see that being challenged successfully to say that what happens in the courthouse is a public it's a public place and people have the right to record it how does one even challenge it uh, seth frankly we don't even know how to do it oh i know how to challenge it uh i i, I may have footage of a uh, one of the bailiffs outside of the courtroom uh, uh assaulting me uh putting his hand on the camera and telling me that not only do i need to turn it off but he'll break my camera and uh, because I I think that does violate the judge's order, um, I could be put up on contempt charges. Is that right, Seth? It, you 
whether the court could charge you with contempt based on based on that, I I really don't know because I haven't actually read the court's order and I I don't know all the facts of what what happened there. But I think probably the best way to go about this without getting so you didn't have to be arrested or commit a crime in order to challenge it would be to ask for an injunction um, based on the fact that there's irreparable harm because there's a chilling of free speech and press, and therefore the court needs that you could uh, petition a court to issue an injunction um, on this rule. And if that was denied, then you could take it to the New Hampshire Supreme Court. The New Hampshire Supreme Court has historically been pretty protective of First Amendment rights. My guess is that what the, the state would argue, what the, the, the court staff would argue, is that this is a special situation based on special circumstances going on in Keene, and that they need this to uh, you know, keep order in the sure. courthouse. I think that that is going to be met with quite a bit of skepticism. Ah. Now, what happened with uh, Dave Ridley's case uh, that that went on yesterday? I haven't seen a lot of news on that. Uh, admittedly, I've been up to my ears and uh, stuff for free for free talk live here. So, uh, could you bring bring people up to date on that? Sure. Um, Dave Ridley was arrested um, at the Radisson Hotel in Nashua in uh, a few months ago because uh, he was at a Joe Biden event interviewing people as they entered the hotel. Secret Service seems to, they decided that they had a concern about him. They asked the hotel to get rid of him. So so he complied and he left peacefully from, right. from the video I saw. He was ordered to leave by, some, by, by a, the manager who refused to identify himself as the manager, so he didn't even know who this guy was. Um, and so when, when he left, Dave, you know, being someone who believes in property rights, said, well, if, I'm, if, if there's a chance that I'm not welcome here, I'm going to leave. So he begins to leave, and he does it as video, videographers often do. You'll see this on television. They back up. They walk backwards so that they can continue to move as they get a shot. And uh, the, the uh, sergeant, uh, Sergeant Lenahan, the National Police Department, told him, turn around. And Dave asked him, well, am I required to turn around? And he said, I'm, telling, I'm asking you to turn around. And Dave said again, is this a, re- is this a requirement? And he said, no, you know, you can, you can walk backwards. You know, there's no law saying you can't. But then <laughs> I guess they decided that they wanted his name. And I really think it comes down to this. I can't prove this, but this is my opinion. They decided that they wanted his name and date of birth so that they could check to make sure. I think the Secret Service wanted to know who he was. So they followed him as he was walking towards his car. And when he was almost to his car, they got right up to him and they demanded to know his name and date of birth. And in New Hampshire, there's no law requiring you to give that information. So Dave refused to give it. So Linehan then says, well, you're trespassing on the property. You've been ordered to leave, and you're still here, as if Dave has a teleport or something where you can automatically just, you know, disappear. And he right. had continued moving. He hadn't stopped at all. Until he was talked no, to. Right. 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 There was no, there was no delay. And uh, the interesting thing is that when I cross-examined Sergeant Linehan, I said, you told you know, Mr. Ridley to keep moving, didn't you? He said, yes, I did. And I said, do you normally tell people who you're about to arrest to keep moving? He said, no. I said, so you weren't planning to arrest him at that point? He said, no. Like, what happened? And the only thing that happened between the time that he told him to keep moving and the time that he arrested him was Dave refused to give his name. So I think it's clear that they decided, we're going to arrest you, find out who you are, and then let you go. Hmm. Well, he, um, the, uh, the state offered to, uh, when I, re- I represented, uh, Dave hired me to represent him on this, and I talked to the prosecutor. And interestingly, the prosecutor seemed most worried about the city of Nashville being sued. Um, which I think is probably a good thing that yeah. they, they realized that they screwed up that badly. And uh, he wanted Dave to sign a waiver saying that he wouldn't sue the department. And in exchange, they would drop the charges in six months if Dave wasn't 
convicted of anything further. They should have offered and, him a trip uh, to Bimini in the process. I mean, this is just how dumb these people are. Go ahead. Yeah, and Dave said, "Look, if I if I agree to sign this, I'm not. I'm going to give up my permanently. I'm going to give up my right to sue. But you're reserving the right to bring these charges back in six months under certain circumstances." Mm-hmm. He said, uh, "You know, he said that to me is more risky than going to trial." So we went to trial, mm-hmm. and uh, he was acquitted. The judge um, noted that. The guy who told him to leave, uh, the manager never identified himself. Mm. And the video was, was key because the, the witnesses, the hotel staff, the hotel manager made several blatantly false statements. And when we watched the video, the judge actually noted that. So please, um, uh, it, Seth, it, it was, it sue was the amazing, pants off though. these people. Sue them. <laughs> <laughs> well, Dave, Dave and I are discussing his options, and, and we, that very well may happen. But sometimes it's funny to watch these uh, officers on the stand because they, they make these these things that just normal, I don't know. The officer insisted on saying that Dave was not walking towards his vehicle. And I said, he was walking through, and, and I, I got him to admit, he was walking through a parking lot full of cars, and at any given moment, he was walking towards a vehicle, any number of vehicles, and any, any Yay, one of them could Seth. have been Yay, <laughs> Right on. <laughs> I, yeah, and, I'm and very he, excited. He that the... all, that, all that's true, and he still said that he wasn't walking towards his vehicle. Seth, I'm you very know, excited that you are... To, Go ahead. I'm, I'm, I'm very sorry that oh, no. I, I'm very excited that you are here on our side in New Hampshire. Um, thank you for your time this evening. It's eight five five four five zero three seven three three. Free Talk Live. This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Nestle Toll House Refrigerated Cookie Dough. Who would you bake some love for? Find fun and easy baking ideas at tollhouse.com. Kids love doing arts and crafts projects, especially when you join in. Try channeling all that artistic energy into the kitchen and bake up some creative treats together. Think of your art supplies as the frosting, sprinkles, and decorating gels, and use cookies or cupcakes as your canvas. For more tips like these, visit us at parenthood.com slash yourfamilytoday. Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL toll-free call-in line, 855-450-3733. And about SACL CAI, they are a company that handles accounts receivable. If you've got your own business and you need somebody to handle accounts receivable, SACL CAI will handle it well. The principal over there, Jason Osborne, has a philosophy uh, surrounding collections, and uh, they handle collections uh, early out billing and they purchase charged off receivable. He has a philosophy around collections that you have to treat people with respect. And that's the way they go about doing their, their business. So find out more about Sickle CAI at freetalklive.com. They have their banner is the top one on the right hand side of the page. Again, it is Sickle CAI. Let's go to the, the very patient Duncan in South Carolina. Duncan. Hey, how you doing? All's well. All right. Uh, well, <clears throat> I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, something that's a little bit off subject from what you were talking about. That's fine. It's free talk although live. You're talking about whatever you'd like. What you were, although I really enjoyed what you guys were saying, that I'm a true believer in all, all the things that, you know, are going on in the world. Well, anyway, uh, I wanted to talk about a God as God being a simple solution to all our problems. God's God the simplest solution? Yes, a simple solution to the world's problems, okay. to, especially to our problems here in America. Now, right. uh, just to clarify, which God? The God of the, uh, the Bible. Okay. The God that I find in the King James Bible. And okay. Now, and now do you take that Bible literally? We were just talking about this. And uh, 
Uh, no, I believe God speaks to us through a series of spiritual revelations that's built based upon uh, seeing the events and sayings and doings of the Old Testament and New Testament as being examples to reveal one to us, kind of like parables. Okay, so I happen to be a Christian, and I, you know, I read the Bible daily, and and um, so I I would agree with you that having faith in God is um, is the solution to the world's problems. Yeah, I would I would say that also. I However, like the, the two commandments that Jesus had. Yeah, love God with all your heart, soul, your mind. Love your neighbor as yourself. So yeah, when you say God. that God is the solution, God's always been. I mean, if we're going to assume that the God that God is real and God exists for the sake of of this discussion, we'll, we'll assume that. If so. He's always existed, even while the problems were were being created. So obviously to say that God, period, is a solution is not accurate. Don't you think that it would be people doing as God commanded would be the solutions? In which case, love God with all your heart, soul, your mind, love your neighbor as yourself. And there's not much loving about, you know, much of what's going on these days. No, God is an intelligent spiritual being whom I, uh, whom I deem as being sovereign over his creation. And God recognized his creation as being simple people. That's why God calls us to become his children, so he can speak to us in simple ways. So the Bible is not a complicated revelation from God. It's designed to be, you know, uh, ingested by the simple-minded, like the, like the New Testament church, which was, which was, you know, composed of simple-minded people. So God, it's a simple solution that's presented to us in a simple ways. The interpretations of men who interpret the Bible for, on their own, have created all these different religions and denominations where there's only one true interpretation, and that's the interpretation the Bible gives of itself. Because the, the Bible interprets itself. It reveals, it develops its concepts and its spiritual revelations. And so it speaks to us. And so for us to become Christ-like and put on the mind of Christ, we need to grow into the spiritual revelations of God. Well, I, hold on. I, I think that the, if the Bible revealed itself and interpreted itself, then how come there's so many different denominations? And they all believe sort of different little variations. They wouldn't have broken up with their original church if they didn't believe something different. If the Bible reveals its, reveals the truth itself, then how can different people come up with the same with, with different interpretations from the same words? Well, you have many people in the same book, but they all end up on different pages, and they sit around and they argue about who's right. You know, and then they emerge as right fighters. I'm right, I'm right, I'm a, a preterist, I'm a post-millennialist, I'm an amillennialist, I'm all this. Well, the simple revelation of God shows us that the Bible moves in three great movements of God, social movements like the Civil Rights Movement. And the first great movement was under Moses, and the second great movement was under Jesus, who, brought the, who brought, delivered the people out of sin and bondage. And, uh, and that was the second exodus. And the third great exodus is brought about under the Holy Spirit, and that is what we are in now. We're in that process of God, the work of the Holy Spirit that God sent forth into the world to bring the world unto him. Do you believe so God, that people that, that don't believe uh, the Bible are going to hell? They're going to hell. The, the, hell that's, the concept of hell that's developed in the Scriptures is... It's not totally. It's not accurate with the one that's walking around in the, in the minds of most Christians today. You know that concept was developed by those who seek to, uh, you know, uh, build empires so they can, you know, render the, the things of God unto Caesar and unto themselves. Uh, they're, they're, they're so, so would you say um, you, you mentioned render under Caesar, unto Caesar? Would you acknowledge that there is no Caesar and, and that Jesus was toying with them a little bit and that in that 
parable, what, or in that instance, what he meant is that everything belongs to God. Uh, well, God makes it absolutely clear to us God's position on money, and that is, Jesus said, whose who's face is on it? What, you know, what belongs to Caesar, give unto Caesar, and what belongs to God, give unto God. And the first judicial act of the Holy Spirit in the New Testament church was, 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 was around the issue of money, because two of them held back the price of the land, and the Spirit judged them. So the first judicial judgment upon the, the New Testament church was on that issue. So God speaks to us clearly about his position on money. God presents us a way of life that's not based upon money. It's based upon love. So would you think that, do you think that paying income taxes is, um, is righteous and biblical, even though that money is, is spent to kill people and restrain oh, uh, people and hurt people? Or to build crosses and, and nails for their Savior? Well, no, let me make myself perfectly clear on this. I believe that the present evil world, as we understand it today, is ungodly, and it's something God is calling us out of so that we can enter into something. That's the third great deliverance. All those great movements was to bring the people out of a situation and into a better one, out of Egypt and into the promised land, out of bondage to sin, into the, 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 the uh, liberty of the Holy Spirit. And now God is bringing us as a nation and a people, as those who are dead in Christ, God wants to reawaken the Christ spirit that's within us so that we can come forward as true servants of God and that we can create a new he- a new earth under the new heaven that was created by the New Testament saints. Now, Duncan, you know, the thing that I, I, I grew up in, uh, you know, going to, to Christian school and I taught Sunday school and all this stuff. And the thing that really bothers me about the Bible this these days is that and this is my understanding of Christianity, not necessarily your understanding of Christianity, because it's going to take some time to really delve down. And then we just have your understanding of Christianity and every and there's uh, 300 million people in the United States that have mm-hmm. a different understanding. So um, that I don't know if that's a value. But for me, what really bothers me is that Jesus Christ, who is supposed to be God, um, came down to earth spent 33 years here, didn't spend one moment writing anything down that we might be able to look at it, and then um, I go to hell if I don't believe this story. Um, you know, in, in the process, rather than teaching people about how to wash their hands after they go poop, they, um, he, you know, he drives uh, demons out of pigs and things like that. Like, you know, he could have really done something for the world if he said, hey, everybody wash your hands after you go potty. Instead, he drives uh, demons out of people. Voodoo, aha. And, you know, that's what really bothers me. I go to hell if I don't believe this story, too, right? Well, see, that's the voice of Catholicism and the church lady speaking in your head. <laughs> church lady. That way. Uh, to me, there's liberty in, in Christ, and there's no judgment. I don't judge any man by the flesh, according to the flesh, because everything that you've been through in your life has made you the man you are today. And I believe God was part of everything that you've been through. So you are a product of God's actions, whether or not you acknowledge it or not. Right. You know, but, uh, that's how I see things. And, and to me, I see a man who I, I would deem as being righteous. But <laughs> what know, if what if you don't believe in Christ, doesn't that mean you go to hell? No, see, that's not, that's not my opinion. Okay. My opinion of hell is a spiritual situation that we devolve into when we're not applying the spiritual things of love in our life that God reveals unto us as a way of life presented by the church. So, so how does that, how does you, how do your beliefs end up manifesting in terms of, you know, political decisions and things like that? Do you uh, s- subscribe to the state? Cause, because for me, um, any sort of uh, command of obedience is um, a command that I kneel and that I worship the state. So I don't do that. Well, no, see, uh, there's, there's three forms of law, three separate entities 
there's a law, the commandment of God given on Mount Sinai by God spoke himself when he gathered the people around. And then there was a law that was given under Moses. We call that the religious law. And then there's the laws of men, the social and secular laws of men that he used to impress people. Well, <clears throat> we are to obey the commandments of God. And when we come into the New Testament church and we apply the spirit of love to our way of life, we, 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 you know, we start living a way of life that fulfills the laws of, of Moses and the laws of God. Oh, well, and so, and, I wish and so many Christians weren't into, like, killing people in other countries all in the name of God, you know? Duncan, thank you for the call. I appreciate it. Give us a call at 855-450-3733. Liberty Maniacs is the largest online Liberty brand. Featured the most comprehensive selection of original posters, stickers, apparel, embroidered hats, and over 100 different products from around the world. From hilarious satire to hard-hitting artistic commentary, Liberty Maniacs is devoted to outfitting the Liberty movement with intelligent, eye-catching, and fashionable gear that expresses your personal dedication to Liberty. Best of all, Liberty Maniacs offers a no-hassle, money-back guarantee on all products. LibertyManiacs.com. Wear something worth saying. Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL toll-free call-in line. You can call in, give us a, talk about whatever you want to talk about. The show is interactive, as is the website. Go to freetalklive.com. You can upload stories there that you think are relevant for us to see, for other people to see. You can vote other people's stories up, vote them down. They can do the same to yours. It's, it's as interactive as the show. freetalklive.com. Let's go straight into the calls with uh, Frank in... New York. Frank? Ah, uh, good evening. So we're kind of uh, in a state of emergency down here in New York with the uh, upcoming uh, hurricane. I thought and that that was going to hit Norfolk, like Norfolk, Virginia or something. Isn't that what they're, yeah, they're saying coming now? coming up here pretty quickly. They shut down. Today they announced that the subways and the buses will all be shut down tomorrow at noon in preparation for the hurricane. And that's the first time they've ever done that. Uh, New Jersey has also uh, reported a state of emergency and has started implementing evacuation. Correct. New Jersey and New York, the Mm -hmm. low-lying areas of the borough, they're doing that. And uh, I think Mayor Bloomberg yesterday started to evacuate the nursing homes and things. So this is going to be bad. They think it'll be, we're having unusually high tides right now, and we're going to have a 12 to 14 or 18-foot storm surge, they've estimated. Sounds like a good time for surfing. (laughs) <laughs> you want to surf well, the Hudson surfing River. quite possibly, but uh, no, it's it, it's sort of interesting, and a lot of Brooklyn and New York will be underwater if that's the case. You know, with the flooding, the storm sewers never cleaned out, and you know, things just back Yuck. up, and it could be quite those nasty. city services. <laughs> yeah, that's it. With all the high taxes the New Yorkers pay and all the abuse they take, when they really need their services, they're none to be had. But uh, now, enough oh, said about b- that. Before, before you go on, you say this is going to be bad. I'm not sure that it is. Um, uh, I, you you know, know what? I saw the NASA photos from space. It's pretty nasty. It's the biggest, baddest hurricane probably in the last 25 or 30 years. Being from Florida, they predict uh, doom and destruction several times yeah, a year. Yeah, but Florida. 
indeed, Florida. Uh, well, uh, you know what? But what, why is Florida more able to handle uh, a hurricane than New York? I mean, because uh, they're used to it. They're, they've had many hurricanes. They have a specific building code. I mean, where I live, even you know, with the uh, earthquake we had, the six point zero here in New York. I mean, the city was never designed to withstand, you know, earthquakes. It's not like California, Oregon, or Washington State, where the houses can withstand like an eight and a half or a nine before they collapse. I mean, it's kind of, uh, you know, it's a very antiquated, in a sense, building standard. And I'm wondering what all of the new construction, uh, you know, that's been done in the last, you know, 10 years up here, how it's going to fare with, you know, winds of 80 to 120 miles an hour. Uh, how much of the siding is going to be, like, peeled off? Well, that's not much. 80 to 100 um, is, is really not, not yeah, that much. Now, if, if the hurricane hits yeah. Manhattan, I will agree Correct. with you that there's definitely going to be some destruction. Oh, that's but, what I mean. It's definitely going to hit Brooklyn, Manhattan. It's going to do all that. And that's why, you know, I think the building codes for the skyscrapers, they estimate maybe a 45-mile-an-hour wind or 50-mile-an-hour wind. When you double or triple that, it's going to be pretty interesting. We've got uh, tall but, buildings in, in Tampa. I mean, you know, it's it's not like they it's not like Florida's never seen that. To it. Okay. Tampa is used to the code. They understand. And Manhattan's an island also. Correct, so, but it's a very small one. Right. And uh, in a sense, it's... Uh, Meaning well, it, know, it could flood easily. <laughs> yeah, it's the coast. But uh, what I wanted to mention, I enjoyed that conversation with the last caller regarding religions and things. And I wanted to say that all of the monotheistic traditions have... Uh, they've justified war, and they've justified killing in the name of the religion. I mean, if we look at uh, the Old Testament and the Hebrews and the Israelites, you'll notice that something happens to someone, and then God orders the people to smite and kill all the women and destroy the cattle and do all this stuff. And if we look at the photos that were taken before Operation uh, uh, cast lead in Gaza. You see the little toddlers and the little middle school children signing the bombs that are going to be dropped on the Palestinians in Gaza, which is really nasty as well. And then you look at the Christianity and the tradition of the Inquisitions, the Crusades, where people were killed for, you know, in a sense, an abstraction. And then you look at Islam, radical Islam, where you either convert or you spread, you use the sword to smite the enemy, okay. the heathen or the, but you know what? the infidel. I think, that, I think that the caller also had a very good point that this isn't really, that's not a spiritual matter in terms of, of God telling people that that's what they ought to do. No, Rather, the there, there, are some, there are some, um, you know, dark and, and powerful and mean people who use religion and who prey upon people and their, um, and their beliefs to, to shepherd them or herd them into a particular direction. And I think it's a travesty, you know? Of course it is. Of course it is. But if you read the sacred texts, Read the Old Testament or the Torah. It tells you what God orders the people to do and whom to smite. I'm glad Jesus came and fulfilled the law. So these religions, all of the monotheistic traditions, the the three traditions of the book, Judaism, Christianity, and Islam, all justify uh, killing of uh, the non-believer, you know, in you know, with the justification regarding the supremacy of their faith, and that's wrong. And you are right. Spirituality exists within anyone, but we have to realize that all religions are social constructions created by man for the oppression of man, uh, in a sense, to keep man and woman from fulfilling 
the tasks at hand to allow them to be free and to be happy. It's sort of a regime of an oppressive regime of control. And all religions uh, have that characteristic. Right. And in a sense, it goes back to ancient mystery Babylon, and we see it even with the New Age tradition. So we, you are right. There's a distinction between spirituality and religion. Organized religion is a social construct created by man. And we have to realize that. And maybe the godliness is found in the spirituality of the individual, and that's what we should cultivate. That's kind of the way I see it. Um, you know, I mean, that there's a d- distinct difference between spirituality and the religions as they exist today. Frank, you, uh, Frank thank you for the call. Let's go to James in Nebraska. James? Good evening. Uh, good evening, all. How are y'all doing? All's well. Uh, a couple comments, a couple thoughts. Um, First question is, is to Michelle. Uh, is, is this your ministry or your outreach, uh, outreach that you have going within the studio here? Um, well, gosh, I suppose you could look <laughs> at it like that. I mean, I um, I really love liberty. And so okay. it is an opportunity to reach a lot more people uh, this way than if I'm just going door to door, huh? Or earlier tonight, right. she was passing on an offering plate. <laughs> no, earlier tonight no, I, I was I, taking food to some people that needed it. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Uh, no, I, I just have that uh, that question, but some other comments. Um, uh, I, I think if if one were to look at the New Testament um, and and study the words of Yeshua, that that was his his Hebrew name. He was Jewish. He was you know, he spoke Hebrew. I, that really Yeshua bothers me too, saying. by the way, that uh, that I'm supposed to believe in a religion that can't even get the name of its savior savior right. Um, you know, I mean, the, the the Bible is the unerring word of God, but mine says his name is Jesus. Now, when I go to another country, my name doesn't change. They don't they don't they don't refer to me as Marco in Canada or excuse me in in, in Mexico or um, you know whatever the Mar- Marquis in um, in in. Um, Montreal. So, why is it that Jesus's name cha- seems to change? Uh, it's a, uh, you know, that, that it disturbs me. <laughs> well, there are equivalents of your names uh, of your name in other regions of the world. There are, but my they aren't my name, name. and but, they're you know they're not Jesus's either. His name's Yahushua, and the idea right. that they've you know that they've gotten the name of their savior wrong, but their God represents truth, really bothers me. Well, you know, yeah. As the message was disseminated throughout the world after you know his his appearance to to mankind to the earth, uh, yeah, I went to you went to the Greek, went to the Latin and Anglicized. Yes, yeah, that's a good question. That's why I refer to him as Yeshua would be the abbreviated form of Yehoshua. Like and as long said. as people are willing to acknowledge that, I'm willing to talk to them about uh, these issues. But when it's when people blindly say, "No, this is the truth. I know it. It's written right here." That's when I right. begin to get very upset. Right. No, I agree. I, I agree with you. I don't um, think it's something but, worth getting upset about. But anyway, <laughs> uh, it's, it's eternal <laughs> damnation, Michelle. Whether I mean, that's what this—that's what the proponents of this freaking book. Yes, it's important. No, it's, the the—it's the, the, the truth. It is the the word of God. And uh-huh. if the word of God fails, then there's yeah. I mean, and I go to hell because of it. It's the most important so, thing so in no the universe Jesus, if that book he, is true. No Jesus, just Yeshua. It, it has to be. But the but the Bible that I read didn't I'm start work that. Way. James, uh, hold the line if you would. <laughs> free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. The 
Ruger LC9. Compact, powerful, and perfect for personal protection. The LC9 is only slightly larger than the popular Ruger LCP. Features a checkered grip frame to provide a secure and comfortable grip and includes a finger grip extension floor plate. The LC9 also has a dovetailed high visibility three dot sight system, blued alloy steel barrel, manual safety, and loaded chamber indicator. The LC9. Another innovative American-made product from Ruger. Learn more about the Ruger LC9 at ruger.com slash LC9. Free Talk Live. 855-453. That's the SACL toll-free call-in line. 855-450-3733. Incentives matter. That's what Professor Angela Dills explains um, how ex- incentives matter, and they help economists predict individual behavior. What's difficult in determining it, all the ways a policy affects people's incentives and changes people's behavior. A good economist looks at not only the obvious incentives created by a policy, but also the less obvious effects. I found this video to be very insightful. That's why I added it to to the, uh, the learnliberty.org slash FTL favorites page. I think you should go see this video. Take a look at it. If you find it as motivating as I did, share it with friends and family. Uh, share it on your Facebook. It is a great video. While you're there, check out the Liberty Academy link on the right-hand side of the page. It is a course for people who would like free online continuing education, economics, liberty, philosophy, and rights. Again, it is learnliberty.org slash FTL. We were uh, talking to James in Nebraska about, uh, well, his views on religion. Let's go back to James. Thank you, Mark. Uh, uh, Just a couple more comments. Um, I think if one were to take the New Testament, and and I think this is where Michelle's coming coming from, this is where I'm coming from, and maybe a handful of people that I've met throughout my journey, throughout my few years here on planet Earth, uh, unquestionably, undeniably, Yeshua was an anarchist. He was a libertarian. Yay! Uh, thank you. But that's what I think. But that doesn't. But yes. but that same interpretation. But other people have different interpretations. They believe that rendering under Caesar what is Caesar's means that it is God justly. Those just views. To, those views started being taught in the church after the church received the five hundred one three C C three status. Well, uh, come on. So, I mean, that st- the church began mm-hmm. to support war back in uh, the the tenth century. Excuse me, the eleventh century. Um, the, the Catholic Church, <laughs> indeed. They, Which originally it was a peace movement and an anti-government movement. Then it became the government, mm-hmm. and this is how religions get co-opted. I mean, Christianity is a is is a, is, a, is a textbook case about how religions get co-opted. James, I, I, I think I think everything is perverted. I think most industries are perverted. I think much of what we believe to be our reality is perverted to a degree. Uh, but still, having said that. If you sift through the New Testament, just say that, to me, it's just a cursory view of it, a cursory reading of it. Uh, you know, Jesus or Yeshua, for example, stood up in the synagogue and and, and quoted directly out, directly out of Isaiah and declared in no uncertain terms that he was here to bring freedom and liberty. Both the Greek word and the Hebrew word both say freedom and liberty, how you and I understand it. Uh, no bondage, uh, to walk uprightly, and not to offend your neighbor. Uh, we always seem to quote... Uh, love your neighbors yourself and, and love God with all your heart, your mind, and your strength. But we forget where that passage comes from. Uh, the commandments that he said to keep first were uh, uh, not to murder, not to steal, not to commit adultery, and not to lie. 
And if you look at those four commandments, what are those four commandments stating? It means don't offend your brother. Don't bring harm to your brother. Those are very libertarian anarchist views. True? That, that, that much is true. Jane, thank you for the call. Let's go to, well, I got a special call here from Ian from, from jail. Ian? I'm actually calling you from the uh, Keen Spiritual Retreat here. In, uh, <laughs> Yay! Hey, Ian. <laughs> Ian, you're on day, day 17 of your uh, spiritual retreat. Um, and by the way, I've, I've now decided I'm going to stand firm with my numbers. I, unlike uh, people who are counting at 16 or something days like that, you're counting days as in 24-hour periods since you're locked up. Um, I, I know how corrections departments count days, and I'm telling you that the corrections department believes that you've been in 17 days. I count nights. I count how many nights I've been here. That's fine. Well, you know, Ian, the last time I saw you, well, the only time I've seen you since you've been in jail, I only got to spend about 15 minutes with you, but I stayed and visited with the uh, two corrections officers for about 45 minutes or an hour afterwards, and um, mm. and that was rather interesting. Oh, and how did that go? Well, there's one officer, Evans, I believe is his last name. Mm-hmm. He's a Buddhist, and he is, after being a... Um, a uh, software engineer for like 10 years, he decided to, you know, uh, to be of service to his community. And that's when he became a corrections officer. And, um, and the two of them, you know, kept saying, well, I, we don't necessarily agree with you. I said, but I haven't said anything. How do you know if you agree with me? Well, cause you're a free stater. <laughs> Every single Uh-oh. free stater thinks the same thing, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And this uh, Buddhist who wants to be of service to his community, you know, uh, receives his paycheck through uh, stolen money through taxpayer funds and cages peaceful people. So I, I think that's his contention dubious. is that he doesn't have a gun and that he doesn't do the caging. He's actually, the overseer of those who do the caging and have guns. So yeah. the guy that drove the Jews in the train, the engineer on the train that drove the Jews there, he wasn't responsible, right? You know, J- Jason, your uh, your critique is certainly valid. Um, I know who John Evans is, and he's a really nice guy. I actually, the one time I, the first time I met him was uh, a couple of years back, back when there was a, this was a new jail. There's the older jail. Uh, back when uh, one of our friends was being put in jail for the weekend, I was there to drop him off and. Uh, and John Evans was getting off of work at that time. I was standing in the lobby dropping off the, one of our, our co-activists, and he stopped and he looked at me and he said, uh, are you Ian from Freaking? And I said, why, yes, I am. And, uh, you know, he, he basically said he reads the blog all the time. And, uh, you know, so we had a nice conversation. And, uh, you know, as far as uh, people who will cage you is concerned, I would much rather have someone like John Evans Indeed. Uh, doing the job than uh, some sort of a sadist. And I don't know if my posts have made it up yet. On yeah, Freaky. it sure has. They, they have? I've, mm-hmm. I've sent two blog posts out. Have both of them made it? Uh, just published today is Ian's blog from jail number one. So it's just that okay. one. There's another one coming. And it goes into a lot of detail. It's about five pages written, handwritten. So it goes into a lot of detail as to what things are like here. Right. And why, you know, being caged here at uh, Cheshire County, New Hampshire, is probably a lot different from in a lot of places. I mean, for instance, I'm very glad I'm not sitting in Tent City right now in Maricopa County. Sure. Uh, under the, you know, under the care of Joe Arpaio. And in August. Thugs. Yeah, absolutely. Right. And, and this right. is, by the way, you can see this at freekeen.com. And John yeah, Evans thanks. also said that people um, who have been at the jail and then they get sent somewhere else actually ask and request to come back to the Keene Jail because they're <laughs> treated so nicely. It's like, okay. Yeah. 
So it's definitely a cut above, you know, your average Dale. And he's one of those guys that you know, gets it. I mean, he gets the ideas, but yeah, he is in that role. And yeah, sure, he could open up all the doors. He could swing those doors wide open and uh, let Lose people his job. out. But then, and then he will lose his job and he won't be able to feed his family. So that's the... Plus, it's you know, not the, like those people are going to be able to stay out either. Other, other people will and go and get them. Both of those two right. corrections officers, as well as the five cops that I had spoken to in the last, you know, the 48 hours before... Um, were all said the same thing. They said, if you don't like the laws and the rules, change them. That is your your obligation and your duty to yourself, is change the laws. Well, ultimately, um, unless everybody has some sort of an epiphany all of a sudden, <laughs> ultimately I'm pretty sure that's going to have to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, what it's going to take to make that happen, I'm not sure how long it will take. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I can't predict the future. Obviously, I'd love to have some sort of a sea change in public opinion, but judging by the jury verdicts we've seen thus far uh, here in New Hampshire, it certainly doesn't seem like the public is on any kind of a verge uh, of doing anything like that. Ian, would you like to come back in the next second? I would. In fact, uh, I actually have some notes here on religion. I've been uh, studying uh, <laughs> Islam in here. Oh, boy. Uh, free Talk Live, 855-450 free. He's been radicalized. <laughs> You know the U.S. dollar is devaluing. You can see it happening every day. You know a new currency will take over at some point. Wouldn't you like to be in on the ground floor? Bitcoins. They're a decentralized, anonymous internet currency. They're free to use, free to accept, and free from inflation forever. You can use them anywhere in the world. Find out more at weusecoins.org. Don't be kicking yourself in the pants in a month. Your dollars are going down. Learn more about Bitcoins at weusecoins.org. That's weusecoins.org. Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL toll-free call in line, 855-450-3733. Go check out Free Talk Live, where we have the Shrine of Female Listeners. It is dozens of ladies who have uh, sent in pictures proving that they listen to Free Talk Live. Uh, it's one of the most visited pages on, on the website. It's shrine.freetalklive.com. If you're looking for camping, hunting, or shooting gear, Manventure Outpost carries all the things you need. Knives, ammunition, scopes, binoculars, laser sights, tactical flashlights, fish finders, boating equipment. They're family-owned and members in good standing of the Better Business Bureau. You know how important that is when you're um, surfing around on the Internet just buying things. You need to know that you know the folks you're dealing with are upstanding and that they're going to provide you with what you want. Not only are there great prices, but there's great service. Some of these prices, in fact, are so low they can't even be mentioned on the air. You can get an additional 5% off with the coupon code FTL. That ought to cover something like uh, uh, shipping and handling or whatever. You can get it quick. Get it from manventureoutpost.com. I was just on that website Earlier this week, it is a it is great one, easy to navigate, easy to use, manventureoutpost.com. Let's go back to our long-lost Ian, who's at the, apparently, the Cheshire County Spiritual Retreat at the county At the jail. expense of the taxpayers. Eating bologna sandwiches. Hey, I pay taxes, so I'm getting my money's worth finally here. <laughs> um, 
You know, um, back real quick to something we were talking about before with uh, some of the guards here uh, and our various different interactions with them. I know that, uh, Michelle and uh, Jason, you were both recently out at uh, the Keen Cop Day thing where once a year the, the police, and they do this all around the country, they have like a show-off day where they bring out the guns and they bring out the, you know, the, the armored personnel carriers and, you know, the tasers and there's a demonstration and the dog bites somebody and there's this whole, whole deal. Um, and, uh, like a so, fake somebody, I, right? No, it was a, no, an employee of the yeah. It was a cop, and they also taser cops. Huh. Yeah. So um, <laughs> you have to be a... totally jacked up to say, "Yeah, <laughs> yo, tase me, baby." Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just... so, that's the mentality of the cops. <laughs> Jeez, right? punch well, me in the was, face. Uh, John, uh, the, one of the officers you were talking about earlier, John Evans, was uh, was out there that day, and he was being interviewed uh, by various different liberty activists, including Freaking TV, uh, which is you know the local program that uh, that you're involved with there, Michelle. And he commented to me, sat down with me, and uh, talked to me for a little while about his experience there. And, of course, it's kind of a typical uh, interviewee experience when it comes to media. He was, uh, he was a little concerned, like, oh, well, I spent 10 minutes talking to these guys, and all they took out from that whole interview was, we're not jerks. That was the only quote that uh, they ended up using in the package. And I said, well, that's pretty much how it goes with, uh, with the media, John. But he's, he's the kind of guy who, uh, you know, he's, he's friendly, he's approachable. Uh, and so I suggested that he contact uh, the Freaking TV crew and maybe offer uh, his services as a possible in-studio interview uh, for you know for the future, maybe with the pundits and have them in to talk about issues. Because when it comes to having people on the inside that are friendly to the ideas of liberty, um, yeah, I mean it'd be nice if they all were that way, and it'd be nice if the whole system would shut down tomorrow. But it's not realistic. So if you do have like a hearing, for instance, say uh, say some of the liberty reps in New Hampshire here. Because tw- at least twelve free staters have been elected uh, to the state house, you know they. I think it's they fourteen is the official of, number they're coming up with now. That's good. They put some sort of uh, legislation forth to repeal some kind of law enforcement uh, priority thing, and uh, then you might have somebody like John Evans come in and testify in favor of it. And like it or not, you know those people at the state house they respect the, the testimony of people with uniforms. They like so badges the and uniforms. Show. Silly hats. They do. So it's important to have people like that uh, on our side. And, and he's not the only uh, officer that I've talked to about uh, Free Keen and some of the activism that's going on here. I've gotten comments from them. And I haven't started these conversations. You know, they've, they've approached me. Uh, and that's kind of how I've approached things in here is I, I'm just here. And when people want to talk to me, I'll, I'll be here. I'll be happy to talk to them. And that's worked pretty well so far. Uh, you know, the, the inmates have been uh, certainly warming up to me over time. And uh, I, I would say it's, it's, been a, it's been a good experience on on all sides. You're uh, a regular freaking celebrity at would the jail. You, would you do it again the same way if you if you knew that you were going to get 90 days? You know, that's a great question, and it's something that I think I'm, I'm still reflecting on. But I think overall, if um, you know, if, if if my being in here for 60 days or whatever, because it's going to be hopefully two thirds, and I'll get out. Mm-hmm. But if my being in here 60 to 90 days encourages people to get active and specifically come to New Hampshire and get active, then I would say it was worth it. I mean, it has been a pretty costly thing in that, you know, Mark has been burdened with extra work, and you guys have certainly been helping out a lot as well. Um, it's cost me a lot of money uh, in addition to kind of keep We're happy to going. give you a vacation, well, <laughs> Ian, yeah, for your spiritual retreat. I might strangle yeah. you when you get out. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think that uh, I think that Don't overall, use violence, I, I Mark. That, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't regret thought about it greatly. I don't regret anything that I've done, and you know clearly the problem lies with the man in the robe who has you know, is just out of control. That I mean, much this is, is true. A man, this is a man who has told people in his courtroom that they can't wear T-shirts 
that say things. I mean, he made Rich Paul turn his Ron Paul t-shirt inside out. I know, that was so not, funny when he just took off his shirt right in the middle of court. <laughs> and, uh, and he told people in court that you can't express emotion. You, mm-hmm. can't, you can't clap, you can't cry, you can't cheer, you, you can't be Apparently smiling, right. moving your eyebrows up and down. Yeah, they, they tried to have me, re- they started to have me removed because I just went, eh! I just kind of squealed, but without noise. I just kind of did the whole, you know, excited motion. And, um, and they told me to stop what I was doing and be quiet. I said, but I didn't, I didn't make any noise. Stop emoting. Just yes. Stop doing what you're doing. Yeah. Judge Arnold also had hired muscle come in and uh, get people to stand uh, for him, right. for him, which was yeah. outrageous. Which was the first because the activists here are really used to staying seated for men in robes and mm. they, they broke. I mean, he won. John Arnold uh, totally controlled that courtroom. And he completely controlled the activists. And right. And I would have left the courtroom in un- under any other circumstances, but I needed to see the trial in order yeah. to be able to report on it back here. So I had the option of either A, stepping out of the courtroom, not standing for the man in the road, or B, seeing the trial. I didn't have – I couldn't think of answer C. I did, if, if anybody no, wants to – you couldn't go to jail. Oh, I wasn't. What, what difference? Would it, going to jail wouldn't have amounted to anything. I couldn't have stayed in the room. I wouldn't have stayed in the room either. They absolutely would have taken me to the to jail. I would have. Right. You know, there's there was no. You know, there's going to jail wouldn't have solved anything. Yeah, it was calculated by uh, Arnold. He, um, if you notice, when the jury came in and then he came in, so people were standing for the jury and then like uh, Bo sat down um, when uh, the judge came in. And so he was uh, being harassed by the uh, the the armed uh, thugs, and um, but Arnold was okay with that disruption being seen in front of the jury, um, and that would have played nicely into the prosecution, who was going to show the video of the, the the yelling. Some of the activists were yelling in the videos and stuff like that. So Arnold was okay having that be the scene in his courtroom, and that certainly wouldn't have helped your case at all. Well, you know, yeah. you say that you say that he won. I he has to live with himself, Ian. You know, and he he. How can you? That's a that's a rather a lot of bureaucrats are managing small. to live just fine on those uh, pensions that they get. I mean, mm-hmm. they're they're sleeping okay on their Tempur-Pedics and stuff. I'm just wondering. Well, I mean, it, go ahead. It, it was sad because I mean, you've got an example out of Pete Nadema's trial down in Massachusetts, which most people acknowledge as a less free place. But yet, the people there were allowed to wear whatever they wanted to wear. Uh, they were they were cheering in the courtroom. They were laughing. They were clapping in the courtroom. And I, I'm sure that Arnold was aware of all that, and he knew to expect yeah. similar behavior yeah. and uh, and crack down. And so, in the so-called uh, free state, which clearly you know there's a lot to be done, uh, it's uh, it's definitely it was not a, a not a good day for uh, for liberty activists on that particular day. But I don't regret anything that uh, that I did uh, at, at all. Well, I regret the results, uh, and I mean, you know, if, right. if, if the, <laughs> it's uh, if, if you can control, you can control your actions. You can't necessarily control the results, and you know that's sort of uh, you know that's the circumstance yeah. here. Well, and it's and as I even pointed out during sentencing, uh, hey, Article eighteen in the New Hampshire Constitution says your punishments are supposed to be proportional to the crime. So the idea that. Uh, you know, me standing in front of a police car for five minutes is somehow... Well, you stood in front of one police car that wasn't going anywhere for five minutes, mm-hmm. but the police car that you were really arrested for, um, it was maybe 45 seconds. I mean, you mm-hmm. hopped in front well, of this car... way, we're talking about five minutes maximum, 90 days, the sentence for that, that's like, you know, uh, 15 days per minute or something like that. It's just, it's just crazy. Ian, do you want to hold for another uh, segment? Yeah, I've got a book review, actually. Okay, 855-450-FREE. Free Talk Live. 
As a smoker, you know traditional cigarettes are unhealthy, and the taxes fee the very beast stealing your freedom to smoke. That's why the Vapor Station offers an assortment of electronic cigarette kits. Each rechargeable, refillable kit is an effective, affordable alternative to smoking. No combustion, no tar, no foul, lingering odors, and no smoke, secondhand or otherwise. Just inhale pure enjoyment and exhale vapor. Take a puff just about anywhere without getting hassled. Get your e-cigarette kit now at VaporStation.com. Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL toll-free call-in line, 855-450-3733. If you've ever been the victim of an injustice and then decided to do nothing about it because attorneys are just too expensive, Jurisdictionary.com is a course for you. It's a course for people who don't have attorneys. And for people who do have attorneys, need to keep an eye on them and uh, make sure that they're not wasting their uh, time and money with them. It arms you with the information on how to use the court's rules. Until you know these rules, you're fighting in the dark. It works for plaintiffs or defendants in civil or criminal matters in state and federal courts. It costs less than an hour with any good attorney. And the four-CD course is so easy, the average eighth grader can learn it in a weekend. If you go to court on a regular basis or you have to go to court in the future, you need this information because courts rely on you not knowing it. Lawyers rely on you not knowing this information. Visit Jurisdictionary.com. They have a lot of free tools there for you, free weekly tips and tactics, newsletters, free legal flowchart, free legal dictionary. There's free videos. You can buy the course, Jurisdictionary, at Jurisdictionary.com. Remember to use the pull-down menu when you check out to let them know you heard it from Free Talk Live. Again, it's Jurisdictionary.com. Let's go back to Ian in the Keene County Correctional, the, the Cheshire County Correctional Spiritual Retreat. Yeah, the House of Corrections, as it is called. But uh, there was one thing, uh, speaking of upcoming trials, I had one coming up, yes. and I still do, but there's a little bit of news that has been continued. Now, that's the one where I was arrested last year for drinking water at a city council meeting. Uh, they apparently haven't seen the wisdom in the idea of actually dismissing the, uh, that particular <laughs> charge. Silly. But, uh, but uh, at least it's not coming up in the next couple weeks like I expected it to, so hopefully I'll be able to get out of here and actually have time to prepare for trial on the outside rather than having to prepare on the inside. If you're in jail, and this probably applies to any jail across the country, you are crippled as far as your ability to uh, prepare for any kind of legal, Absolutely. It's, uh, anything. It's very, very, very difficult. Um, and They do not have jurisdictionary on the law computer in here, and they, you know, they should. Uh, but they uh, they don't. All the all that you get are essentially a crippled version of the New Hampshire statutes. They put the, basically they put the criminal statutes in here. They put a few excerpts from the New Hampshire Constitution, but you have no access to the full Constitution. You have no access to the U.S. Constitution. You don't even have access to the court rules. So it's just you can't do anything as far as uh, preparation is concerned. So that's a little bit of good news. It means that I, I will probably be getting out of here when I expected now to your, get out. Now, your motion for reconsideration on your sentence has been denied. So at this yeah. point, the, uh, the, the, you know, the, the foreseeable future is you're going to do your 90-day sentence in whatever form they're going to make you do it, right? Right. Uh, odds are good if I continue being a, a good little boy that I will uh, get out after 60 days. And as I've said before, I don't have a, a beef with the correctional officers. Uh, unlike the police, 
the corrections officers, they don't have discretion. Uh, the only discretion that is had here is that two-thirds option, where once you've served two-thirds of a sentence, the warden can decide to let people out, and they tend to do that. Uh, but uh, beyond that, they don't have the discretion to say, oh, we'll just swing this cage door open and let folks out. What uh, about other sorts of confinement? Again, the uh, correction people no. send you to house arrest or uh, no, give you work release or anything? No, it's all controlled by the man in the robe. Okay. And I've actually written one of the uh, the New Hampshire legislators who's a free stater, uh, Mark Warden, actually, the Porcupine Realtor, and I suggested some specific things that could be done to kind of change things, maybe inside the system, to make this le- a less burdensome situation, like actually give a jail warden full control over his population, to where a, a warden could say, well, you don't belong here, get out of here. It's just uh, as... They can't do that right now. Well, uh, I... and, and this... I don't know. I mean, when you're talking about, uh, you know, it's not like the wardens across the state are uh, a bunch of good guys that believe in liberty either. No, but uh, Rick Van Wickler, who runs this jail, is uh, certainly not one of the. What about the, the next bad, guy? I mean, he's not one of the worst guys. Uh, well, I don't know about the next guy, but either way, it is something that could be done. Like right now, Warden has virtually no control over his own population, so giving him that control would be nice, and would be it would be some level of uh, of a check on a power mad judge. Uh, that would make it so that you know, if, if a warden just wanted to let somebody out, that, uh, that he could do that. Right now, they can't. And obviously, another change would be to end prohibition or decriminalize drugs in, in various different areas. That's the ob- one of the obvious ones. Yeah, but another one. Heard the free stateers uh, thought about here. that. There are a lot of guys in here. A surprising amount of, of guys in here for driving. What do you mean driving? Like going to work. Okay. Like driving uh, driving without uh, a With registered a vehicle? Mm. Uh, suspended. I haven't heard any re- unregistered vehicles in here, but uh, like while license is suspended, you get popped for that. There's one guy in here who was in for 90 days just for one of those violations. And then another guy's in here for a whole year because he was here... Uh, he was, he was, I guess, suspended back 14 years ago, got a habitual offender status, meaning he did it more than a few times, I guess. And he moved to Massachusetts, lived his life down in Massachusetts for a decade and a half, had a Massachusetts driver's license, was completely legal down there, came back up here, was driving to work. He had no idea that his habitual offender status was still with him here because he had a license in Massachusetts. They picked him up. He's in for a year on a violation of the, uh, you know, driving while suspended, habitual offender. And does he have a family? Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's got a family. He's worked as a manager in restaurants. I mean, it's just, it's crazy. So, you know, that's one little change that could be an inside-the-system thing uh, that is done that could uh, could make a big difference. What's the percentage of the, the jail load. population there that um, are nonviolent, people that haven't hurt anybody? That's a good question. That would be a question for the, the ward, and I would say that, uh, in my experience, it may be approximately, uh, you know, 40 or 50 percent, but there's nobody here in this block that I'm at uh, has actually, actually harmed somebody physically. Uh, they may have done something like a received stolen property or, or something like that. I asked the uh, guys if, um, when I was talking to them there, if it was around 70 percent, and uh, they said that that sounds about right. Yeah, it probably changes over time. But uh, you know, all that aside, I wanted to give a quick book a book review. I've been getting books from folks in here, and uh, one of them was from Taryn Lupo, Pirates of Savannah, which we've talked about on the air in the past, but yes. I hadn't taken the time to actually read. It's a it's a tome. It's 500 pages, but I cranked through that thing in a day's time. It oh was a God. real page turner. Yeah, it oh, was a real page good. turner. And, and uh, interesting, uh, uh, Pirates of Savannah is, uh, I think, an ebook that you can download for 99 cents or something like that. And it's in uh, the top whatever at Amazon. So, I mean, Taryn's managing to, uh, you know, his <laughs> self-publish and uh, blast up into the uh, the top rankings. It's amazing. It should be 
in the top rankings. I was really surprised at the quality of the book. It was absolutely outstanding, uh, entertaining, uh, and and he gets you know the message of liberty in there in what I would say is not really a very preachy manner at all. Uh, and he manages to really kind of attack the some of the more I, I guess controversial issues within the liberty movement without necessarily drawing a conclusion for the reader. So he talks at one point about uh, you know the issue of should violence be used in reference to uh, achieving freedom. And the characters in the book take both sides, and uh, it's kind of up to the reader to analyze the options and, and decide for themselves. So it's it's uh, you know it's a cerebral book. At the same time, there's a lot of action, and uh, I highly recommend it. And his uh, website is piratesofsavannahbook.com. There you so, go. Anyway, thanks thanks to everybody who's written me in here, and uh, mailtojail.com is uh, is where folks can go to do that. Uh, my next book that I'm reading is Larkin Rose's The Most Dangerous Superstition, which has actually been on my shelf to read, and so I'm really excited. I've, I've gotten through uh, probably about the first 20 pages, and it's, it is excellent. And I would so at least you're already. getting in some reading while you're there. Oh, absolutely. I could be sitting watching television right now like some of the guys are, but uh, this is definitely a time that I'm using to catch up on reading. And whenever I finish a book, I'm actually uh, able to donate it to the prison library. So one of the uh, one of the prisoners came up to me today and he says, "Hey, there's this book I thought you might like." And he goes into his room, he comes out with Pirates of Savannah, and I said, "Oh yeah, I just finished reading that." So I thought that was kind of fun. Now, just to clarify, Ian, if people want to send you books, they have to do so from the like Amazon or from the publisher, right? They can't send them mm-hmm. to you in uh, like mail to jail or any sort of. Uh, Personal. Correct. Okay. Come, it has to come from some sort of a, a bookstore. Now, it could be used. Like, I just got a book from Amazon that was used. I wondered um, about so that it myself. Have to be brand new. Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be brand new, but it does have to come through some sort of an official uh, distribution source. The details, I think, are on the, uh, the jail's website, the Cheshire County House of Corrections. And uh, mailtojail.com probably could use some donations because it's certainly not cheap to send, uh, send mail these days. So don't hesitate to send them over some, uh, some bucks. And guys, I really appreciate you taking the time to, uh, to hear me out tonight. Absolutely. I, you know, I, all I can tell you is get home as soon as possible. There's a lot of work to be done. The uh, website crashed uh, last night. Oh, There's stop some making g- him feel bad. I'm just, and, do? and we miss you, Ian. <laughs> Yes, we yeah. miss you, Ian. I want a hug. <laughs> miss you doing your job. Um, <laughs> We'll talk about the Muslim thing later. I've got all kinds of notes on that. I've read the Koran in here, and I've uh, been uh, definitely learning about that. Have so you been radicalized? Have they turned you, Ian? I think I was already a radical before That's I true. came in, but um, but I, I have to say I am a fan of uh, the Muslim religion. I think there's a lot of really uh, really great aspects about it, and of course it's incredibly misunderstood. Yes, uh, there as we've learned. I mean, we've learned from callers, but it's nice to it'll be nice for me to be able to say I've actually read the Quran now at this point. So anyway, y'all have a great night. Good night. Thanks, Free talk hey, live. Hey, Mark, put me on hold. Okay, and, uh, pick me up. You're on hold. Free talk live eight five five four five zero three seven three three. Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL toll-free call-in line, 855-450-3733. 
And uh, we've, you know, the show's kind of been all over the map this evening. We've talked about, uh, you know, things from Ian calling in and talking about his experiences in jail. That's our main host, who's on day 17 of his incarceration for 90 days. Um, also been, uh, you know, discussed this landmark decision uh, regarding um, what, filming of public officials things like that it's um interesting there's a, a story from pixic.com about a man arrested at a fema checkpoint after video recording a federal guard um it says a, con- a conspiracy theorist and that's i'm just reading what it says here who suspected that uh, federal officers were writing down license plate numbers in a co- in colorado had something to do with the earthquake the previous day was arrested for refusing to provide identification uh, apparently, um, you know, the officers, you know, they dis- they asked him for his ID. He refused to give it in Colorado. One doesn't have to do such a thing. And he asks if he's free to go. The officer says no and arrests him. There's no federal law that requires a citizen to provide identification when asked by a law enforcement officer. And a Colorado law states that the uh, following uh, regarding the issue, a peace officer may stop any person who reasonably suspects is committing a crime. And um, but all he was doing was video recording them from outside of the, the FEMA plant, which could not be enough to make the officer reasonably suspect he was committing a crime. Geo, that's the gentleman's name, was charged with failure to comply with a federal officer. Mm. Another one of these catch all kind of uh, uh, things. And, you know, I, failure to comply with something that's a an illegal order. Oh yeah, I mean, you know, an order that's not necessarily illegal, but it's not illegal. You know, it's, they don't have uh, standing to do this kind of thing, but they do. And I think that this is important for people to hear. Not in in that we, you know, we've talked about these kind of things over and over again. Obviously, I think that uh, anybody who works for the government should be able to be filmed, and the uh, the courts uh, stand by that. I think that place and time do have some kind of relevance in in that scenario, but I think that. Uh, there's too much latitude even given to the cops in these circumstances. And it has a real chilling effect. Even if the cops, uh, the law enforcement drops the charges later because they know they don't have any standing, it's no fun to go to jail. Yeah, still punishment. And and that's a, that's a chilling effect on uh, accountability in a government where it's supposed to be a government of the people. If it's not a government of the people, and it's not, um, then if it is a government of the people, then the, you know, the people should be able to have some kind of accountability show what's going on i mean this is just a guy with a camera trying to find out if the federal government had anything to do with the earthquake um, or whatever it was that he thought was going on i mean he's trying to reveal something and what are these people scared of it's amazing to me so scared of transparency i mean if the, the if people knew what their government was up to there'd be a lot less support Although support is eroding. You hear about polls all the time where people don't have confidence in the government. The, well, you know, there was an interesting one. I think it was, it was Rasmussen, and I believe it was 8 or 9%. If you took out – you asked people what, uh, whether the, the government uh, you know, still had legitimacy. Was that the, what, was, what did uh, you just say? Had the consent of the government, consent I believe. Of the government. And I believe it was 16% that said yes. Everybody else was like, That much is so. true. 16%. That much is true, which is an incredibly low number. But once you took out what they – they called the political class out of the poll, it dropped down to like eight or nine percent. Mm-hmm. So eight or nine percent of the American people, and I'm, uh, you know, by that I mean people not not politicians, 
real people, <laughs> um, believe that the government has uh, the, the consent of the governed. Yeah, but the poll was still uh, registered voters, so they don't count people like me uh, who are post-political, who, do, who don't want anything to do with the process. I don't think there's a lot of people that don't vote that are um, like you uh, that don't vote for that reason. I think a lot of them just don't vote because they don't know what the heck they're doing and yeah. you know just don't care about it. Well, two-thirds of us in this room don't vote for that reason. You guys win. <laughs> it's a good thing we're not voting on anything. <laughs> I guess my you word goes win. then because <laughs> right. I'm the only one who votes. <laughs> right. Um, well, you, you mentioned fear, and I it, I find it interesting. The cops that I've spoken to recently, um, there was one in the park the other day and then at the fireworks and, and out and about, and um, they all mentioned fear. And um, I'd ask questions about the vehicle registration, which is how we got into the dialogue. And the next thing they're saying is, well, what happens then if people don't register their vehicles? What's going to happen is you're going to have a hit and run driver and they're going to kill someone. That happens (laughs) every day. Right. And then and then it was. And what about drunk drivers? Do you think that we should pick up? In fact, John Evans said, do you think that drunk drivers should be um, should be picked up? And I said, well, are they swerving? Are they are they doing anything other than just drinking? And if so, how do you know that? I mean, and they said, well, we have to have checkpoints. And so you want to have checkpoints to see if anyone's doing anything that could potentially lead to someone getting hurt. Well, well you better just stay in bed. Yeah, and don't, I, get, don't leave your house. And meanwhile, they're hurting people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I haven't got my uh, little bill, handy bill of rights. Here it is. Um, you know, the, so it makes sense, right? Checkpoints make sense if you believe that drunk drivers are dangerous, and I do. But they really run into a problem with, a, with an amendment that says the right of the people to be secure in their persons, houses, papers, and effects from unjust and unreasonable searches and seizures shall not be violated. The idea that they can just pull you over for any old reason just to check and make sure you're okay. Hey, how you doing there? Let me see your driver license i mean this is this isn't really what if if they can do that then they should be able to stop you anywhere and ask you anything and frankly detain you as long as they want right and on these stops they make you walk a straight line or maybe if they feel like it yeah. yeah, if they feel like it, they're teaching cops to take blood. And I, you know, I think that the, the, the drunk drivers cause a real problem. But frankly, the government staying standing in the way of the new technology that uh, they're, they're looking at here as far as uh, cars driving themselves. Governments are standing in the way. Right. If you had this technology, drunk drivers could get, you know, pass out in the back seat and their car would get them home. There was a, um, a friend of mine who rode his bicycle from uh, where we lived in Squaw Valley to the lake, for Lake Tahoe, this is in California, uh, for the fireworks, because there was a big deal at 4th of July with fireworks. And it's about, you know, an eight or nine mile bike ride along the bike path. And he didn't want, he knew he was going to be drinking. So he took his bicycle to be responsible and he got a ticket for driving a bicycle drunk. Absolutely uh, happens. Which is crazy, because <laughs> what, what kind of damage could you do to somebody else on your he bicycle? He was on a bike path by himself. Well, there's so well, yeah, and that much is that that that's just silly. Uh, you know, they go, they they tend to go after people for this. I had a cousin who got arrested for drunk driving by sleeping while drunk in a car where the t the keys were on the wheel well. He had quote unquote active possession. Now I'm wow. sure he would have gotten he would have beaten it in court, but. You know, this was they they never nobody ever takes these things to court. And, you know, they're scared of it at the time and the money. And so all you that don't stuff. take the plea deal. And we encourage people to 
nullify. But frankly, I don't trust juries either. That's what you know. That's what my biggest um, you know fear is. Is you know what if the jury would have found him guilty? Oh, you already said that it was the right thing to do. <laughs> yeah, just just why him do you do the accent whenever you're trying to imitate someone that's not real? Which smart? accent are you referring to? The one that you were just doing. That, that wasn't a, a dumb guy accent? Uh, yeah. I think it was called your, that your hillbilly accent. Uh-huh. It's a hillbilly accent? It's okay, hillbilly. well, I, that's that's what I got is my dumb guy accent. I mean, I don't <laughs> know what to tell you. I, <laughs> and then you've got your German accent that's for the... Uh, I've got plenty of uh, <laughs> Lots of little voices. The Godfather one. Yeah, yeah. there's that one too. <laughs> <laughs> just pull that one out on a regular basis. That's my uh, government agent one, huh? <laughs> Boy, you don't like how we run things around here? You got a problem with it? So, uh, you know, I mean, I just... Well, it's just not right. It's just not right what you're doing there. <laughs> That's cute. That's, I got nothing. It's your southern, southern bell uh, accent. You know, these, uh, you know in, in these circumstances where people are... Uh, citizens are recording the public servants, I uh, supposedly public servants, and they're getting thrown in jail... I think that this is the issue of the day, and I think that it's one that's really coming to a head, and it's one that the American people can win, and it will truly change how government provides its services. I mean, these are some of the – this is the the ground floor of making – public officials responsible for their actions once public officials are responsible for their actions truly responsible i mean for their individual actions the government will necessarily have to shrink in its size scope and invasiveness it would have to provide quote-unquote better services to the public so oh happy day it's either that or it it blows up and and spins itself into insolvency 855-450-3733 all of the above. Hi, I'm Mark Craighead, founder of Crossbreed Holsters. Are you looking for a concealed carry holster? Crossbreed Holsters is the home of the world-famous Super Tuck, the most comfortable concealed carry holster on the market today. Try one out and see how truly discreet and comfortable carrying concealed can be. And find out why we call it the ugliest holster you'll ever love. We are the standard others try to imitate. Get the original. Get your Super Tuck at CrossbreedHolsters.com. Again, that's CrossbreedHolsters.com. Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL toll-free call-in line, 855-450-3733. Go check out freetalklive.com. We have the listen.freetalklive.com, which is a way for you to listen um, on, you know, find out different ways to listen. We have live streams, uh, radio options, uh, satellite, webcam, listen lines, all that at listen.freetalklive.com. Also, news.freetalklive.com. We had uh, some kind of server issue with Free Talk Live yet last night, and as a result, the uh, show didn't get uh, put up, and, and there were some other problems. The website was down entirely. And the best place to go when that happens is Facebook, because we can put status updates there when we're not up and we have no way of no other way of, of communicating. And you'll get you can get involved with all these things by going to news.freetalklive.com. There's email updates, Twitter, Facebook, all these options, news.freetalklive.com. 
If you're a cigarette smoker, you know that cigarette smoking is not good for your health. Your lungs were not designed to inhale combusted plant material. There's a healthier option, 22,000 times healthier. Vaporsmiths.com, a pack-a-day smoker will save $120 a month, and it tastes better. No more ashtray mouth, no smell, no secondhand smoke, no smoke at all. You can use it just about anywhere. There's free shipping on orders over $60 and a free starter kit with the purchase of 40 cartomizers. They're about $69 or something like that, so you'll get free shipping also. Just have to use coupon code FTL. You can call. 855-2-GET-VAPOR or go to Vaporsmiths.com. Use coupon code FTL, 855-2-GET-VAPOR, Vaporsmiths.com. Let's go to, um, apparently, the Massachusetts State Police has shut down a 12-year-old's green tea stand. <laughs> you know, they've been, uh, it's, it's been lemonade stands all along, a, a rash of uh, shutdowns across the United States, and now it's a green tea stand from uh, Forbes.com. It's not exactly a lemonade stand, but it'll do. Christopher Carr's 12-year-old stepson had set up a smoothie and green tea stand near the house when they moved back to the States after the earthquake in Japan. After they'd set up shop, Christopher took his daughter back inside to get some lunch, leaving his son to manage things at the stand. After my daughter finished eating, and as we approached the end of our street where the drink stand was, I could see from afar the sign was pulled up and put away. A cooler the cooler was shut with everything which we had so carefully arranged on the tray table put away, and my stepson was huddled up and sitting in the rail, staring out between his knees at the ocean. What happened? I asked when I got down there. wondered if he'd gotten discouraged and that no one was uh, buying his drinks, or maybe no one could uh, understand his accent, or maybe he was just lonely down there by himself. The police told me to pack up and go home, he said, or... More accurately, I discovered after making a few phone calls, the town police swung by and wished him good luck. And then afterwards, someone in brown came by and made the my stepson stop selling drinks at the, at the end of our street because this required a permit. And my stepson did not have a permit to sell drinks. After hearing a little more from my stepson and talking to the town police, I discovered that it was the Massachusetts State Police that broke up our lemonade stand. After attempting several times to contact the state police, who do not care what your opinion is, I reached only answering machines. Apparently having someone on call on weekends is not in the Massachusetts State Police budget, but breaking up lemonade stands is somehow cost-effective. This may be the first case of state police shutting down a kid's green tea stand, but the list of lemonade stands being closed down by various government agencies is long and growing. It's growing every week, it seems like. Lemonade stand shutdowns may not be the same violation of liberty that are no-knock botched SWAT raids or the incarceration of innocent people are, but they reflect the same mentality. It's the mentality that needs reforming, and it's no simple task. uh, They've got a link, link here for lemonade stands and stuff like that. And it's it's ama- it's it's amazing, I, you know. I I think that the average person in the United States believes that it ought to be a right of a kid to have a lemonade stand. Yeah, absolutely. And a lot of parents would be outraged because they have to, uh, you know, they would have to go to this like city hall and get permission. No parent is going to do that, that that I know of. But then uh, suddenly, at some age, it's okay, and you're supposed to get permission. So I think this is a great way to teach kids about liberty, entrepreneurship. Um, and I, I think it's great there's so much support and so much outrage whenever the police, the law enforcers act like this. There's an interesting book written by a libertarian from New York, I believe, called The Walton Street Tycoons. And it's about how kids can get away with more entrepreneurial stuff than adults can because they just, they're just not required to get the permit, sort of from a social convention. 
But apparently that social convention's changing. Uh, apparently those people in the government believe that now it's requirement of everybody to get permits, the young and the old. Because, I mean, you can kind of – I don't know why it is, but it kind of makes a certain amount of sense in our culture that an adult, you know, just setting up a lemonade stand in the old place would have to have a, a permit to do such a thing. But a kid doing it, it should just be cute. Well, there was in uh, Keene Central Square today. There was a, uh, a friend of mine who was selling uh, cookies. Uh, didn't ask permission or anything. Totally an agorist uh, uh, venture, and uh, he sold out. So uh, hopefully, we'll see more and more of that. People just not asking for permission. Well, you know, I you say, Mark, that adults we just don't expect that sort of thing. I do. I mean, I think it's it just doesn't occur to me to have to ask permission for really anything, and that's. Sometimes why I get in Does trouble. It, well, <laughs> I, I, I think it. I, I think we've. Uh, as adults, uh, you know, sort of the popular zeitgeist is people believe adults need uh, permission. I'm not saying but, it's but true. It's, no, it's not always. For example, when my kids went to school back, gosh, you know, 15 years ago or whatever, 10 to 15 years ago, um, there was a uh, a lot of fundraising that went on at the school. Yeah, okay. And so one thing that we would do is we would make lasagnas and sell them for $25 a piece at the school at this, you know, big fair we did or whatever. Thanks, I'm already a little hungry. <laughs> and um and so they were not made in a FDA supervised permitted kitchen, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, the school was right across from the fire department and the police came and they bought, <laughs> Everybody they, had some lasagna. They, yeah, they bought lasagnas too and everything. And so that, but that was for, you know, fundraising for charity kind yeah. of thing. So I think it's context. Yeah. You know, it's context. Yeah. The pancake breakfasts and things that churches do on a pretty regular and basis. Fire departments. Yep. Fire departments. They'll do spaghetti dinners. I, my fire department every year does this huge chicken barbecue thing huge mm-hmm. i mean it looks like you know there's so many chickens there it's, it's like a it's like a a, 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 a chicken um dachau i mean there's so many of them there and they, uh, they they running around before you cut their heads off no no they're not they're not <laughs> live but i mean it's just amazing how much chicken they cook and you know i don't think that i don't do they have permits no it doesn't seem like they would have well permits. even if they got permits to get permission to sell it, <laughs> they still don't have it in a permitted kitchen yeah you know that's sterile and hygienic it's according to the laws and the ordinances converted smoker things right and so at some at some point they're um they're violating their own ordinances yeah, I don't think you can make chicken that's as good in a regular sort of uh, you know kitchen as as these ones. I mean, the smoker thing is uh, you know it's so seasoned and um, you know the the stuff that comes out of it. I mean, people literally come from miles and miles around to go to this to be able to, and it's the one fundraiser a year, which shows just how successful it is. So I you know I, th- I think it's I think that this is a um, it's an issue that that. People are getting behind. The news stories are piling up. It's really only started in this last year, and it's something that everybody can do to give a push back to the state. Yeah, they go to LemonadeFreedom.com to learn more. Thank you. 855-450-3733. Thousands of years ago, from the time of Moses to the time of Alexander the Great, Julius Caesar, and beyond. 
TrustedCoins.com brings you an incredible selection of authentic Greek, biblical, Roman, and Byzantine ancient coins, all certified authentic by world-renowned numismatic expert, Ilya Zlobin. Transport yourself to the distant past now at TrustedCoins.com. Eight five five four five zero three seven three three. That's the SACL toll free call in line here on Free Talk Live. It's Mark and Jason and Michelle. You know I'm so bad at doing these introductions. <laughs> Still getting my legs underneath me here. I, you know this is what week we're working on week three of uh, Ian being incarcerated. You're doing great, Mark. You're Thank so you. fabulous. Uh, You're wonderful, Mark. My, my self esteem is so much You're better. You're doing now. great. Um, <laughs> People like you. <laughs> You're special. I'm a, I'm a unique snowflake. So- I, I've been told. <laughs> social Security versus private retirement accounts. Professor Anthony Davies analyzes Social Security through the lens of a typical 22-year-old American. Assuming Social Security is completely solvent, the expected return on investment is so is far lower than a private account. Go check out this video. I picked this up uh, and because it, I thought it was uh, you know very important and well done. It's at learnliberty.org slash FTL. It's one of the favorites that I put up there. Take this video. Uh, share it with your friends and family. Show them the, the, the fallacy that is the Social Security. Put it up on your Facebook. It'll uh, start conversations. It's a great video. It's learnliberty.org slash FTL. And I have to apologize to uh, Benjamin. I didn't have uh, the, I, I didn't see that his call was here, and it's my fault completely. Benjamin in California. Oh, no need for apologies. Um, I just wanted to talk to you guys about uh, how exciting it is to have the, uh, that the circuit court, the first circuit court, say that it's okay to film police in public. The only place the First Circuit Court's binding is in New England, just to be clear. Benjamin, I can see you're calling from California. Yeah, but I mean, it, it sets a precedent. It sure does. It will help, it will help us in, in other parts of the country. Well, and, specifically you know, it, with your situation, because you were arrested for filming um, while on a bridge wearing a V for Vendetta mask, right? Well, you know, obviously they're not going to say we were arresting you for filming, but, you know, I would contend that that was their uh, reasoning for searching for charges. Mm-hmm. But, but uh, the, know, the idea that you can't, the, the charge for wearing a, a mask in public apparently has to do with you obscuring your identity and you offered to, uh, you know, identify, give identifying information to the cop and, oh, and oh, show yeah. them the, your the, face. The law they cited has to do with, like, you're a felon on the run yeah. and you're trying to hide who you are. Exactly. You're a, a bandit with a, with a bandana across your face. I mean, you know. Well, <laughs> I don't mean to hijack this call, but I have... Uh, some some opinions about wearing masks and especially the the V for Vendetta mask. I don't I I consider myself a, as much of a peace activist as I do a, a liberty activist. And the character portrayed in the V for Vendetta comic book um, and movie is not a peaceful person. He's um, as violent as as the government characters. Now maybe he had better justifications, and maybe a lot of people like him because he was anti government and directed his violence toward the state. But he's not somebody that I want to emulate um, and, and wear that mask. Uh, how do you feel about that? Well, actually, we uh, people will generally ask us, uh, you know, what is that mask about? And we'll mention the movie or we'll mention, you know, Guy Fox. And we always make sure to mention, we go, it has nothing to do really with 
the movie or with Guy Fawkes because Guy Fawkes was a, a crazy religious uh, zealot mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, V, uh, you know, had violent tendencies. We wear it just because it's a recognized symbol of resistance to tyranny. And also, in the movie, they, they at the them. end, they show these, all, like, everybody's wearing the V mask and it's kind of a, an idea solidarity. of solidarity mm-hmm. um, and to some extent. I think we need to personalize liberty, and I think we have to show our own faces, use our own names, um, and just... You're just saying that because you have pretty eyes, and you want everyone to see them. It's true. Mm-hmm. Cam.freetalklive.com. <laughs> see Michelle's dress, um, too. And I don't think that we can relate to uh, folks behind masks uh, as well. So I just wanted to put that no. out there. Um, and when, when we do activism where we're going to be having personal interactions, uh, we don't wear masks. Um, this was on the side of the road, a side of basically a freeway where people would have to take, get a very quick glance and whatever you're, you're doing, you would have to uh, portray to them quickly. I'm not saying yeah. that I think that masks, Jason, I, I tend to agree with what you're saying. I, um, I think that the ma- people often find the masks creepy. But in this particular instance, it seems, well, you know, the cars are going by. It's not like they're ever going to get a chance to talk to them. It catches people's attention. It sells the, uh, the sign that they had up put, put behind them. Uh, you know, that, that's interesting. There's a little bit of theater involved in it. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Uh, you know, people go out on the streets with, you know, signs here advertising different stuff, and they'll wear, you know, uh, Statue of Liberty costumes. Sure. If they're trying, if they're doing yeah, taxes. dress like a giant chicken. Yeah, they advertise right. tax services dressed up like the Statue of Liberty. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's called Liberty, T- Liberty yeah. Tax is the business that does that, right? Yeah, I did an interview right. with a, a woman who was dressed up like the Statue of Liberty, and she was um, hating on the state. It was, it was pretty funny. That's some good stuff. Uh, Gone. No, I think this uh, filming filming police and public thing, or filming public officials in general, is great. Uh, I know there's a counter campaign to the DHS's campaign of if you see something, say something. Uh, I think it's done by Injustice Everywhere, and it's, if you it's, see something, you see something, mind something, your own darn business. <laughs> well, it's if you see something, film something. It's oh, that makes sense. Right. Yeah. The public to start filming everything. Right, and a lot of people have, have cameras, you know, in their in their phones, and it's just so much easier to uh, film. And uh, now that we have the uh, the district court, you know, uh, having our back, it's uh, it, it's a, it's a good day. I'm pretty excited about it. I'm I'm with you on that one, Benjamin. I think that uh, that's a great idea. If you see something, you should film it, yep. and that way you've got the you know whatever happens happens. You're not it's not like you're infringing upon anybody or calling law enforcement on them or anything like that. Benjamin, thank for thank you for the call. Let's go to Ed in Tennessee. Ed. How y'all doing tonight? All's well. Okay. Hey, uh, I just want to make a little comment on religion. Uh, religion is regarded by the common people as true, by the wise as false, and by the rulers as useful. I certainly like that part about the rulers as useful at the end. Um, I mean, it, it, it just goes to show – that's really the punchline of that statement, and it, it does go to show how religion has been used throughout history, all different forms of religion, to control people, and um, it's, it's used uh, with, with great um, alacrity. You know, obviously, here today in the United States, they, they, they uh, use it as a different – yeah, they're much more subtle with it, but it's still a culture. Religion is really about culture in a lot of ways, and it's a culture cultural war against those bad people in the Middle East that are, st- are living on top of all our oil. Um, you know, they- I'm religious about flossing my teeth every day. Mm-hmm. I am religious about that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that, that'd be okay. Yeah. Hey, uh, uh, also, Ian brought up a very good point, if you remember you know, y'all's conversation. I usually try he to ignore what he says. People- <laughs> You're so mean. <laughs> how many people are in jail for driving violations. Yep. I mean, this stuff is an outrage. That Ann is in jail, 
I mean, think about that. Dick Cheney's writing books, <laughs> going around, and he's a war criminal, and Ann is in jail. Well, y'all keep I mean, paying for these outraged. people to arrest other people, and then you pay to have them housed. So I don't know what to say. You know, yeah, I, I'm not contributing the, money to that. So I, you know, well, I don't know. I'm just saying it is a sham what's going on for Ann to be in jail and people like Dick Cheney and all these financial uh, guys that got us in all this mess. I think we need to end the, the three strike law for the average person and apply the three strike law to the financial crooks. Well, that's all great that you say that and everything. But, you know, if you were to go to a restaurant and you were to eat some oysters that made you really, really sick, you would tell everyone you knew about your experience and you would never go back to that restaurant. Well, you know, from for the last other people would. Well, but you would, well, and then they'd get sick and then they'd stop going too. But the point is, is word of mouth and they would not receive your dollars. So you would, you wouldn't keep going there and getting sick going. I can't believe every time I go to that restaurant, I get sick. We'll stop going. Well, I think the same would apply to, you know, the government services that are so, so impotent at best, and violent and abusive at worst. Yeah, government's a monopoly, uh, quote, service provider. They have a monopoly on uh, what they call justice. I think there needs to be a lot more competition in that department. And whether it's getting the word out about uh, who true criminals are, regardless of them wearing a badge or a robe, I think we need to speak frankly about um, misdeeds and uh, stop stop giving them a break. Well, I think we need to start closing jails down. We don't need any privatization of anything. They need to start shutting them down. Got to release peaceful people from those cages. Ed, thanks for the call. Free Talk Live. Click there. Free Talk Live. Bitcoins. You can buy them and you can sell them. They're a great little commodity. You can accept them for your own products and services. But what do you do once you have them? Why you spend them, of course. SpendBitcoins.com allows you to spend them all in one place. From SpendBitcoins.com, you can spend your Bitcoins at major online retailers such as Amazon, Fishpond, Barnes & Noble, memory dealers, and more. When you want to spend Bitcoins, go to SpendBitcoins.com. Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. It's a SACL toll-free call in line. You want to help Free Talk Live uh, you know, spread the message of liberty around the world, around this nation and around the world, check out shop.freetalklive.com. We have uh, links there that you can do the normal shopping you do online, Amazon, Newegg. Um, actually, the Newegg goes to support the CD Evolution Fund, which uh, you, Jason Talley, are the uh, chief wahoo of or something like that. Chief wahoo. <laughs> yeah, just got promoted. Thank you. <laughs> it's shop.freetalklive.com. Check out amp.freetalklive.com where you can more directly – uh, participate in the the, the the phenomenon that is Free Talk Live. You can uh, get some perks and support the show. Month- monthly contribution of as little as $3 a month, and you'll get the uh, the benefits of it. Michelle, what's the Free State Project? It's an agreement among 20,000 pro-liberty activists to move to New Hampshire where we will all exert the fullest practical effort toward the creation of a society in which the maximum role of government is the protection of life, liberty, and property. 
Sounds that's right. that's what it says as the mission statement. But then um, it, it's clear that once you move here, though, you're no longer a free stater and you're kind of on your own. And so it it kind of goes to um, you have a spectrum of people. You have people that believe, as it says here, in in minimal government. We call those minarchists. And then there's the other end, which I think like Jason Talley and myself would call ourselves anarchists or voluntarists. And and we don't uh, believe in any government other than self-government. Yeah, we build, We believe in building strong communities. Voluntary uh, interactions. Right, replacing the state, uh, replacing their coercion with uh, voluntary exchange. And that, it's great to live in the Shire because there's so many people who are also interested in that. Let's go to Aaron in Ohio. Aaron. What's up, you guys? I'm hanging out. Well, how about you? Not pretty good. Um, I was uh, listening to Wednesday's night with, I think it was a Wednesday night show, and you guys were talking about how Adam Kokesh's show Adam versus the man got shut down by the FCC because, uh, or is getting shut down by the FCC because he supposedly pimped out Ron Paul on his show or something like that. FEC, yes, and that was the original story. Apparently, um, you know that that story may have been erroneous. I, I hope that I made it clear that it was uh, hot news and um, that, that that may not be true. Yeah, it, it's speculation, but those things did happen. I mean, he did. Uh, I believe he did ask people to donate to the campaign, and uh, soon after. Um, his show ended on RT, Russia Today. And supposedly it wasn't the FCC uh, violation, but rather um, the violation of campaign. Uh, FEC. Or Sorry, FEC. Thank yep. you. Um, so wait, what is the FEC? Federal what? Election Commission. Okay, so, okay. I thought you said FCC. I'm sorry. Okay, then yeah, you know what you're talking about. <laughs> and I don't. <laughs> so, Go ahead, Aaron. Um, what were you... Yeah, I, th- I thought it was the FCC you guys were talking about. I must have got that wrong. Okay, yeah. So that's that. what I thought you had said. There's no, so was... many of these, uh, you know, alphabet soup agencies out there. <laughs> it has to do that's with true. the election. It has to do with the election rules and that there was a foreign government supposedly, since it's Russia today, that was you know backing the uh, the uh, the campaign. Yeah, it's, apparently um, the lawsuit's so rather just, spurious, and yeah. um, you know, but I can see how you, you'd make the mistake. SEC, FEC, and FCC are so close. Close to feces. <laughs> They're full of it. I, I would agree with that much. <laughs> yeah, they all suck anyway. Indeed. Right. Anything else, Aaron? Uh, no, I just, I just like. Well, I just want to comment like how I think it's kind of BS that he got. Um, that he got shut down for you know saying that you should support Ron Paul because like like isn't that kind of like a violation of the First Amendment? Apparently, you don't have first. Uh, the First Amendment doesn't apply to uh, television and radio stations. Uh, you know, right. according to these folks. I mean, if that's so, I could drop the f bomb. Uh, not that I do that in my uh, daily life too often. There's uh, <laughs> there's moments in time, and uh, it's been uh, a little more frequent since Ian's gone to jail. But um, you know, it's uh, you know, if I was truly had freedom of speech, I'd be able to say whatever I wanted to on the radio, and I can't. Yeah. And, right, true. and elections are so heavily regulated that the uh, Federal Elections Commission is going to crack down. on The last it. thing that the federal government wants is free speech surrounding elections. <laughs> so the, the person, if you guys want to talk about this a little bit longer, the, the person who put this complaint against uh, Kokesh uh, what, is a guy called Cliff Kincaid, and he runs uh, a website called America's Survival. I actually met him at the uh, Jefferson Dance Party that uh, Kokesh attended also. And um, he's a you know um, he's against Russia Today um, and the fact that they're a news outlet in America that is critical of the government, just like America has news outlets in in the Soviet Union, <laughs> right? And so uh, he brought this charge uh, against it and, uh, against Russia Today, and I guess it maybe it has legs. We'll see. But, we'll see how it all goes. Yeah. Aaron, thanks for the call. 
Um, Michelle, you had uh, some story on Gardasil, Rick Perry. The Gardasil, whole... yeah, the Gardasil vaccine, which is supposed to protect um, women against the HPV virus, the human papilloma virus, which is the most common sexually transmitted disease. It's actually now being um, given to uh, young teenage boys as well for the same reason, as well as people uh, uh, in, supposedly to protect against anal cancer. But um, if this article back from... Uh, 2009, says 15, 15 million girls had been injected with the Gardasil vaccine, and out of 15 million people, there were only 49 deaths, which didn't seem like a lot. However, um, that has now been counted as 47, and back then there were um, uh, 3,500 people that had had adverse reactions, and now there are 12,000 that have had adverse reactions. And these adverse reactions aren't just, you know, like a headache or flu symptoms. Um, these girls are becoming totally debilitated, and um, and you know I, I so I don't but know. It was, man, it was mandated by the reason why Rick, right, it was it's it's brought up. Yeah, again, is because Rick Perry back in two thousand seven was the first. Uh, he was the governor of uh, Texas, and he um, bypassed the legislature and did an executive order mandating that all girls in the state, sixth grade and older, uh, starting in sixth grade, be given the three series vaccine, and um, and. You know, so there's a question about his ties to Merck, which is the pharmaceutical company that, yeah, it's that created it. it yes, yeah, it's absolutely creepy. creepy. When it comes to vaccines, I, I you know, I personally have had uh, two reactions to the flu vaccine, and many times when I've said that, people who are in the sort of medical uh, you know industry will say it's not possible, you're wrong, and. When that happens, you immediately sort of shut down, um, you know, conversation and it doesn't really uh, it doesn't f- succeed in convincing anybody of anything. I mean, I know what happened to me. I may be wrong, but that doesn't mean I believe I'm wrong. And just, uh, you know, standing up there telling me I'm wrong isn't going to be very effective. And but these um and, and by the way, anybody who would say that uh, I'm wrong about my flu vaccination, please, uh, you know, it, it, educate all it is, you. Well, you. No, no. Just go ahead and put your money where your mouth is. Let's put um, I don't know. What's it worth to me? Ten thousand dollars of yours into an escrow account. I'll go ahead and I'll take the, the newest flu vaccine mm. um, and we can just bet. I mean, obviously, if you believe in it that strongly, you won't miss the t- 10 grand when uh, you, you, you won't lose your 10 grand. So it won't be that big of a deal. I'll put up my the shot that I take and you put up the 10 grand. We'll see whether or not I get sick. If, if so, I'll take Take the ten grand. I mean, it's no big deal. The, um, I mean, just put your money where your mouth is. You believe so strongly in these vaccines, but you know the idea that people can't make personal choices. Sure. This was um, these vaccines were given to all girls of this age in public and private schools. Is that yeah. right? All girls, sixth grade and older. And that's insane that they mm-hmm. can, the government can tell you that you need to take this it vaccine. It's also that ironic. One. Relatively new vaccine, too. It's ironic. I mean, you had Bob Const. I never say his right his name right. I always say Constantine, but it's. Constantine. Constantine. A.K.A. Weed Claus. Okay. Yes. So here he was growing medicine for himself and um, was arrested and uh, put in jail for doing so, even though he was making, he's an adult and making a a decision for his own health and his own well-being. And yet, on the other hand, you have a governor who is, um, who is mandating that these girls get this vaccine and it's killing them. I, please, can someone show me one person that's ever died from smoking pot? Uh, yeah, obviously, there's um, you know, the idea that, that people can't treat themselves with marijuana is insane to me. But when it comes to 
drugs, obviously there's going to be side effects. And, um, you know, if, if Gardasil is more or less side effects, I don't know. I'm not a scientist. I don't, um, you know, make these decisions. But I do know that some people are harmed by this. And what is the so the idea that the government gets to make the relative decision, which is eh, it's OK that a certain amount of people die because it helps the herd I'm not, you know, that I'm not the herd. I'm the one guy. Mm-hmm. And maybe it'll, uh, you know, at this point, I know that I have been susceptible in one to one vaccine. The rest of them don't seem to have bothered me, but I don't know. And how can science really say, well, vaccines don't compromise your immune system or that there are no um, you know, side effects in this area and that area? I, I mean, how do they, you know, I, obviously they can decide, you know, there's thimerosal here, there's not there, mm-hmm. but, and it's a moving Formaldehyde target. Formaldehyde as well. There's, it's a moving target for them, I'll admit that. But as a parent, I've got to decide whether or not I want to make this decision for my child. Mm-hmm. Um, do I want to get the measles, mumps, rubella, the MMR shot when this stuff is very unlikely to uh, occur and all of these outbreaks of measles, mumps, and rubella are largely in, in populations that have been vaccinated already? So sure. either A, the, the, the vaccine isn't working or B, it's, uh, you know, when, uh, you know, it's, it's pointless to take it because everybody else has been vaccinated. And it's, it's this kind of crazy world that parents are put in. And I don't think most of them think about it. They just give their kid over to the, the doctors, the hospital. To the experts, the ones yep. that know best, and, I, and sometimes it works out poorly for them, and that's got to feel really bad. And, and there's no repercussions against the doctors or the government. Are. You or can't Mark. even sue vaccine companies. Nope. Free Talk Live. 